right, we are on. Okay. So, happy Monday. Happy Monday <laughs> to us. To, to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, it's weird because I, I like recording on Mondays, but at the same time, I don't like it because I have to separate my brain from work mode Yeah, and then get into podcasting mode and... Well, and it's Some like, days it's easier than others. Well, and it's like your first day back to work after the weekend, so you're already like having to like get into that mode and right. then switch back. I do love our Monday recordings though because I feel like it gives us time to really process the whole episode. Yes. Watch it a couple times if we have the time and are able. Yeah. And watch both fragments and like have oh you know what i didn't and stuff. watch the fragments <gasps> you didn't ashley you have to watch them i have so much to say it's, <laughs> when this it's episode on, is over and, and you 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 really can okay um, it wasn't me it was just it just i had a busy weekend yeah and taking the time to watch the episode took up all of my extra time <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway no, I, I understand that so i just didn't even get to it no okay well let me just say this. I mean, I'll talk about it more when we finish uh, this episode, but these two were by far the most perfect fragments they have ever released. Like, they were polar mm. opposite. One is total comedy, and the other one is all drama. And while I do think that they probably spoiled the final scene in the second one. Oh, they need to stop doing that. I know. I'm not even mad about it, though, because uh, the fragments are so good. Like, they're so good. The editing and, like, all of that. I, I'm super – I'm super, super impressed. So hmm. – and I don't know that I've been this excited about a future episode since the show started and we were, like, excited for episode one. Like – Oh. So, anyways. But we'll dig into more of well, that. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, I do – okay. So, I have a little bit of housekeeping. I need – Based on messages I got on the social medias this week, um, <laughs> I need to clarify what I meant by bunny boiling last week when uh. I mentioned that. <laughs> I People prob- must never have heard that term before. So it's probably a, few, a very American. A few people have. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. They were like, oh, you've clearly never seen this movie. You guys, I did not just pull that phrase out of my head. I'm, I'm not that like depraved um it is a rep because last week when we were ashley and i were talking about how if we ever got the chance to interview karem like we promised not to ask bunny boiling questions like really personal invasive it's there's yeah, like, a movie like stalkers yes like stalkers because there's a movie called fatal attraction you guys and it's a reference to that <laughs> because the woman in there basically is stalking her I don't even hit her ex, I guess, but she was having an affair with him. He's married, like, but then she becomes obsessed with him when it ends and she winds up. Yeah, she's a psychopath. Yes. And she boils his rabbit. Like, <laughs> so that's sorry, funny. that's not funny. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but so many people were like, Kristen, that was really intense. <laughs> And I was like, it was a reference to a movie. <laughs> it's a pop culture reference, you guys. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I promise that you. It hilarious. Nev- I have never thought about boiling a bunny before. Like, I promise. So, oh my gosh. So I just had to clarify that. But let me tell you. So when I was getting these, like, messages, I was cracking up and I was telling Jason about it. And I was like, um, 
I said, oh my gosh. Okay, so I have to tell you. So I gave him a little bit of background. Like, so we were talking about if we ever in a million years got the opportunity to interview Karem, how we wouldn't, you know, ask all these invasive like paparazzi questions. Yeah. You know, um, that we would ask like cool and interesting questions. We wouldn't be bunny boilers about it. And so I'm explaining it to him and he starts laughing and he's like, oh, please. He's like, I know you and Ashley. He's like, you'll be like, oh, um, sir, what's your inseam? Here, let me measure it for you. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> you need to tell him that I am offended. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am... <laughs> I am personally offended by the implication (laughs) (laughs) that we would sexually harass. Oh, my gosh. I was like, who are you? It's like, I would never do that. Oh, my gosh. I might joke about it, but I would never actually do that. Could Yeah, there's no, no, neither of us would. No. Neither of us would. We'd be lucky if we could even speak in his presence, much less say something outrageous like that. But that was just the last thing in the world I expected him to say. (laughs) And I was like, and this was like on Wednesday. And I was like, I have to tell Ashley about this. So I waited five days to tell you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's amazing. Because I was like, I have to tell her about this for the very first time. On the podcast. Uh (laughs) So. A live recording. Uh So listen. I hope that clarifies what I meant by boiling a bunny. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to use more international pop references next time. I don't know. But. Oh, my gosh. I was just like, oh, my gosh. How many people are seriously concerned about me saying this that haven't even like messaged me? That's so so funny. I was like, I have to clarify what I meant by this. That's. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. So, um, anyways, that was my big my big housekeeping thing. Okay. Uh, my second thing is is more has to do with the show. But somebody messaged our Twitter account. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to this because I like what it says. I know we sort of gave up on trying to figure out what the actual flowers are inside of the glass encasement. Oh, yeah. But I think I'm going to go back to my hydrangea theory. Okay. Even though the ones in the glass case have these little antenna things, I'm going to go with they just sort of look different because they're fake flowers that were probably made for the scene. So they're not going to look exact because um, this – oh, my gosh. I'm so bad at this. I am so sorry. I keep forgetting to screenshot and include the person's handle in it who messages us so I can give them credit. But uh, they messaged and um, basically said, like, did you see this? And um, it is um, – where we go? Okay, so it's Aisha's original tweet from a while ago when she had posted about hydrangeas when she was like posting flowers of the day long before yes. Sunshal Kapama even started. Uh-huh. I we, I think we even brought it up during that episode. Yes, so I'll read it again really quick. And it's legend has it that the, the Japanese emperor sends blue hydrangeas to apologize to the woman he has abandoned because of his work and ambitions. Hydrangeas. Mm. 
hydrangea, which changes color according to the acidity of the soil, represents our changeable mood. Okay, so these ones in this case would be blue hydrangeas because they are blue flowers inside the little glass. And then this person sent me a tweet that someone had written in Portuguese, so I translated it, and it says, this is their take on it, and it says, the meaning of this flower refers to the blame for abandonment. Because every time Serkan looks at or picks up this flower in an episode, it only seems to appear in situations in which he is distant from Edda and feels guilty. Hmm. So, I mean, it fits. So, I think I'm going to change my official stance to these are hydrangeas. They just are fake. So, they don't quite look like hydrangeas. Hmm. Because that means – like, he is like, okay – Last, but other than now, like when he was staring at them before, it was during like 11, I think, um, was one of the last times he, because remember he was like at home. Oh, no, it was the globe. It wasn't 11. Um, during the time that he um, was accusing her of helping Khan. Oh, right. And like she was like noped on out and was like fine you'll never see me again and he had like shoved them behind his computer when he was working right um out of sight out of mind mm-hmm. and that would make sense like he abandoned her and it had everything to do with work because he thought she was professionally like screwing him over basically right and was missing her and feeling guilty for the way he acted about it hmm. and then this last week he broke up with her for fake reasons that have to do with work and ambition and he was like staring at them before he hid them away again so i think it has merit so Hmm. you know hopefully one day good hopefully one day aisha will actually confirm or clarify this but until then that's my story and i'm sticking to it so thank you (laughs) thank you twitter for sending me that um i appreciate it very much yeah that's i that makes sense to me yeah i love it so um Anyhow, um, I think that was pretty much it for me. So I'm guessing since you didn't see the fragments, you also didn't see that uh, a little Karem and Hande interview was uh, recorded today. It's like a paparazzi interview, and it was really cringy because, of course, they were asking them, like, you Are know, you in love with each other? Are you mm-hmm. dating? Uh-huh. And I love it, though, because w- when they first started bringing that up, Karem actually looked at them and was like, are you seriously asking me this directly right now? And I was like, good for him. Yeah. Like, again, we promised we would never ask anything Uh. like that or imply because, first of all, what in the world tells people they're going to get a different answer than the answer they always give every time they're asked this tired question over and over and over again? Um, Anyways, I was just here for it because it seemed like they got a little sassier and snarkier with their responses and i'm like good Good. as it should be yeah they even were like well how come you guys are leaving here together they were leaving mf yapum the studios why do you think they were leaving at the same time you dummies they work together and they probably finished filming at the same time like yeah just that's ridiculous yeah so anyways i just wanted to bring that up because it just happened this morning and i was like good grief we would have asked way better questions that were actually interesting and would have taught us something but you know anyways um, not everybody can be us Kristen (laughs) (laughs) I guess not (laughs) all right I don't I don't have anything okay so we can get right into it okay sounds good 
So we we start back up and Ada, <laughs> my note is Ada is wrecked. I, and she I said, really but, is. but really, she's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a little brain foggy. Uh, and did you notice that the doctor in the scene is the investigator from Bayonlish? He's like the private investigator. Oh, he that is. Sardar uh, hires. Oh my gosh, I totally did not realize that the guy yeah. who was going and looking for Mrs. Wrong. Uh huh. Totally wow. the same guy. <laughs> oh, there's Zuzu. <laughs> uh, totally the same guy. So anyway. We essentially find out that she still thinks that the two of them are together because she wakes up and she's all happy to see him and she calls him Ashkam <laughs> and, and Serkan. Like, he, like, can't deal. Well, he's confused and, like, Ashkam, like. Confused and delighted. He is. He, he is clearly is happy. Absolutely that. delighted. But do you notice too, he doesn't really take advantage of it. Like, oh, let me just be all over you and da da da. Like, she's yeah. the one that like initiates and grabs his hand. She's the one, like, he's not just like, oh, she thinks we're together. Well, I'm going to just like revel in this. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course not because he's a good, respectful man. Yes. But you can tell by the look on his face that he doesn't hate that she's being sweet to him Mm-mm. in this situation so and the i love the, that the fact that she's acting that way he's like no doctor she, like you need to take her to the hospital something's wrong she <laughs> yeah. hates me she's not okay do you understand <laughs> oh. so the doctor's like no she's fine she's just a little concussed just take her somewhere close but don't take her on long car rides and she's not allowed to go to sleep. So Yeah, there she you can't go. sleep and she can't wiggle around too much because the jolting will hurt her brain. So. Right. But she's fine. She's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no big deal. No shaking, but she's yeah. fine. <laughs> only only minorly concussed. Yeah. Not, not majorly. <laughs> so uh, he ends up texting Jaren because they're all still worried about her. They're all mm-hmm. still looking for her. And so Jiren, Engin, and Perot are all together, and they're like, okay, what the heck is going on? And then Jiren gets the text message, and she's just very confused. They're all yeah. very confused because they're broken up. Um, I did like the little dog cameo right then, though. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, somebody in the group even posted it and was like, um, did you guys notice there's a dog that just, like, walks right on up to Jiren in this scene? Yeah. <laughs> oh. So... Ada is still being all sweet, and he, he's like, I'm going to remind you about this later. I love that because <laughs> she basically is like, don't ever leave me, like kind of a thing. Like, I know you're worried, but it'll be fine, but just don't leave me here. And like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so funny. So then he calls Angin. And he kind of explains the situation. Mm -hmm. And he says he's going to take her to the summer house because it's nice and close. She can't go on a long car ride. And then everybody else decides that they're just going to head home because she's safe. Right. They're dealt with even though they're all still very confused. Yeah. Well, and do you notice how Angan's like, well, so what's going to happen? And he's like, I don't know. I'll take her. She'll eventually remember. She'll hate me. And then she'll attack me. Yeah. To be expected, she'll just she'll start attacking me. I mean, he's not wrong. I know, I know. <laughs> so, um, 
after that, I love it though because they're still like when he gets off the phone, she like strokes his face and is like, "You're so pale with worry. I know how you get." Like, but I'm okay. I promise. Like his face when she's doing the little face rubs. I know. Oh my gosh, I was like, "This is priceless." Yes, it is. Okay, so oh, we have Alptikin, right? Yes, we have over. Yeah, he's basically stressed out. Idon's freaking out because Serkan didn't come home last night, and so she's like, "He must have already moved." And Safey's like, "I don't think he moved. He just didn't come home last night." Like, yeah. Even um, Alptakine, or I'm sorry, Safey points out to her like, "Besides, you're not actually losing him. He's just moving. Like, he's an adult, and he can do that." Yeah. And Idon's like not having it though. She basically tells Alptakine he needs to sort it out with Serkan, and he's like, "Okay, I'll figure something out." Yeah. So. So Should that's we? That. Yeah, and basically, because we have a couple more scenes like that where Idon like kind of pushes him on it. Like, are you fixing this? Are you this? Are you that? Um, and it eventually leads to a game night, which we'll get to when we get to. But that's yeah, the so, crux of these scenes. <laughs> yes. No, that's a good. That's a nice, easy summary of it. Yeah. So we get more sweetness in the car. Oh my gosh, I love this. I love it. Because she's like, let's make popcorn and watch a rom-com. And she's like, all this stuff. And um, he's like, uh, okay, okay. Like, he's just biding his time because he knows it's temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she kind of snuggles on up to him and lays her head on his shoulder. Yeah. And asks him a question. Yeah. So she's like, what are you thinking about? And he says, I would give anything for this moment to last forever. And then she calls him a a romantic robot. I know. (laughs) And then she, yes, I love it. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to turn on the radio. This song is dedicated to you. And then time has run out (laughs) for for Serkan's little dream world in which everything is actually okay and Ada is not (laughs) pissed off at him. (laughs) Well, of course. Okay. So it's the Senchal Kapama song that Bishok sings. And he's Uh like, why is this song always on? (laughs) (laughs) And we we figure out that he has a right to be upset Mm -hmm. that this song is always on. Because it jogs her freaking memory. Uh huh. <laughs> and suddenly she remembers, and you see the realization dawn, and she has a little flashback, mm-hmm. and then she looks at him and she's like, Sarkon Bullock, get me out of this car right now. Okay, when he says, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ve Hoschgelden Edda Yildas. I died mm-hmm. laughing. Yeah. You know, when- <laughs> When I was live watching, I actually tweeted it out like in that like SpongeBob lettering where it's like every other letter is capital and little because, <laughs> because like that's exactly how he said it. Like it was Oh man, it's so sarcastic and oh, he's like here it is. Super awesome, amazing. This is the best day of my life. She's back <laughs> and she's attacking me exactly like I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It was beautiful. And his his face when he says that is too perfect. Oh yeah, man. I agree. But basically he winds up telling her, yeah, not stopping the car. You're mm-hmm. not getting out. We're almost to the summer house. You need to be close to a hospital and you can't travel that far. So basically deal with it. Yeah. Yep. So um, 
then we and when she's like stop the car you opportunist <laughs> now listen i thought I that was it. funny but also when the fragment for this came out there were people like freaking out that like he was going to take advantage because of like in the frat. Now listen in the fragment because it shows them like in bed and snuggling and all that stuff. Which a bunch of us were like, those are flashbacks for sure. But when it they weren't made to appear that way in the fragment, guys. But I was like, listen, if you even remotely know Karem's character at all, if he you would, even remotely know Turk Deezy, you well, know not to trust fragments. Yes, that and if. For whatever reason, I don't see Aisha ever writing that, but let's just say it was the storyline. I wholeheartedly believe Karem would be like, I'm not doing that as my character. I'm not mm-hmm. taking advantage of a woman who is uh, mentally foggy. <laughs> who just had a head injury. <laughs> and use that to my advantage to sleep with her when she thinks oh we're together gosh. and we're actually not. So, Oh my gosh. Anyways. I can't. Oh, my gosh. Guys, mm-hmm. don't ever trust the fragmen. Ever. They are purposefully misleading. Yes, they are. That's why I said that one time that I wasn't <laughs> going to watch fragments anymore. <laughs> oh, hey, you you, ac- you accidentally stood by that this weekend, so. I know. I'm very – I have a lot of integrity. <laughs> So um. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So she tells him he's an opportunist to stop the car. He ignores her and keeps driving. Um, yes. So we have a funny little moment where Angin and Perol and Layla and Erdem are all getting ready to leave. And uh, Erdem and Layla see a little moment between Perol and Angin. Mm-hmm. And the look that they give each other is – I made a gif out of it and it's my favorite thing ever. It's so totally the friends looking at each other like, mmm. Mm-hmm. They Look both. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. Oh, it's so good. But anyway, they they deny it, and Pearl's like, "We're like brother and sister," and it's <laughs> like, "Brother and sister? Are you kidding me?" So that was just a funny little moment. And it's funny because it's like you know neither Layla or Erdem believe you, and they know you're full of it. So like, mm-hmm. why are you even denying it at this point? Exactly. But do you notice who? But uh, Layla's like, you threw me right under the bus, or Erdem maybe. One of them to the other after Pearl and Ink and leave is like, what's wrong with you? you it was me- Erdem because Layla breaks so easily. Okay, yeah. yeah. And he's like, you immediately threw me under the bus, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of bicker. And then do you notice they have a little Ed Sarah moment where- Yes, where they last name each other. Uh-huh. And they're like, and I, they hate say, I hate you. you. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. <laughs> yes. I loved it. They had some really good moments together this episode. Yeah, I agree. So uh, Ed and Serkan arrive at the summer house and the, I wrote, let the pettiness begin mm-hmm. because he gets out of the car. He comes around to open her door for her. What a gentleman. <laughs> and she yanks it back shut. And he's like, oh, great. Here we go. And she rolls down the window like, can I help you? And they kind of bicker back and forth. And she's like, I would have rather stayed in that pit. And he's like, well, let me remind you, I rescued you from that pit. You're welcome. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> And then he even uses her, her aunt. He's like, oh, great. Well, we'll just call your aunt. She'll be really worried and she'll come right on over. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it is like, fine. Yeah. So she just looks so mad. Eventually, she does get out of the car and they – begrudgingly walk into the house together and as they're walking in we get this flood of memories Mm -hmm. and um 
you know, like we get, um, I think one of the first ones is like a morning after shot where they're, she's in the kitchen and she's eating an apple Mm -hmm. and then he joins her and she like, you can tell it's cutesy because she's offering him a bite and we all know how he is about eating off of food that like other people have bit off of. Yeah. So it's kind of this cute little like, um, not bickering, but you know, her trying to get him to do it. He's laughing. It's just, it's very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot because in the opening sequence, she's mm-hmm. eating an apple. And I didn't know that that, I didn't really think of much about that. Like, but why is she eating an apple in the opening sequence? And then like, why does that mean something now that she's eating an apple? Um, people were like floating theories around on Twitter and there's so much out there. So it's like, it's hard to really narrow down if this was anything or if it really was just her eating a piece of fruit and it just. So in, in the flashback you're talking about, right? In the flashback. Yeah. She's eating the apple, but it made me realize in the opening credits, Edda's character is taking a bite of an apple. That's right. And why? Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean. Look, I was so distracted by the fact that she's wearing one of his shirts and uh, that they clearly uh, had a night together. I was like, excuse me, what is happening? We get, I know. We get these like cute bed snuggling scenes oh my where gosh. they were sleeping together and she gets up and he's like, no, girl, come back. Come back? I know. <laughs> I know. So, okay. So I think because here's what says here's what the ancient greeks have to say about apples okay it's a symbol of love and sexual desire so i don't know if that was just yet another hint to us that they clearly did the deed like like here we can't show you but let us try to explain it to you in every way possible i mean we it was like shovels of innuendo (laughs) in this in these flashbacks Uh i was like i don't think we can leave I don't think anything has been left to wondering. Right. In my opinion. Right. So it um it's a symbol associated with the Greek goddess Aphrodite and the uh who's the goddess of love. It's believed that if a gentleman threw or tossed an apple to a maiden, he was confessing his love to her. If she in turn caught the apple, or at least attempted to, she was reciprocating. The apples also considered to bring okay, here's where people started freaking out because the first fragment <laughs> Clearly, because because Edda is pregnant. Yeah, because people think Edda's pregnant. Oh my gosh! Or it's implying that people think she's pregnant. Right, right, right. Which, listen, you guys, she literally just had a night of drinking and being hungover. I think if she was pregnant, I don't think the writers would have her get drunk on karaoke night. Like no even way. if even if she's not in the know yet, I don't right. think they would have. I just don't think they would write that in the script. So she's not pregnant. I, um, I did think there was a tweet that I thought was really funny because they show that little clip of the flashback mm-hmm. where he like grabs her and pulls her back to bed and uh-huh. it has the SpongeBob a few moments later and then it's like <laughs> her being her being pregnant. <laughs> well, yeah, I even so, like I'll take all the jokes about it. Absolutely. Oh, completely. I even wrote after that fragment came out. I was like. I was like, listen, not at Sarkon thinking that his little magical robot swimmers are so powerful that they would not only 
get get her pregnant that quickly or not that they couldn't get her pregnant but that they would know this quickly it's literally only been a few days yeah like yeah she would i don't even think a week has passed so i don't (laughs) even think she would know she has just not even time to skip a I period. I mean, we do like, live in the world of six-minute dryers. Exactly. So maybe, maybe so we get the gestation six- period of a Turkish DZ woman well, is like were, people, a lot shorter. <laughs> people were making side-by-side like gifts and stuff of Edda and Serkan and then Edward and Bella from Twilight because <laughs> – because like her pregnancy goes super fast in that yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And all the boss baby. Oh like, my gosh. And memes. Are, they're just killing me. It's so funny. So the freaking good. fandom, man. <laughs> Seriously. So because sorry, sorry. We, we got off way on that tandem, but that's okay. Um, it's all it's all relevant. True. So the apples considered to bring abundance and fertility, which is what then got people going crazy over it with the fragment and all of that. So I think it's more about its symbolism for love and sexual desire, though. I think it was just kind of tied into that um, Yeah, for the sake of like really confirming things for us. I mean, it still does beg the question why she's eating one in the opening sequence. I've never, ever paid attention to that before. Yeah. Like, it is – seems kind of pointed that she's eating an apple because it has nothing to do with the show. Right. Um, and we haven't seen her eating an apple yet in the entire series. No. So, so anyhow. Hmm. So, there you go. So, there's there's my shortened – there's so much stuff out there. And I was like, I can't possibly talk about all of this. But yeah. the crux of it comes down to love and sexual desire. So Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we get a whole lot of cuteness. We get a whole lot of eating together and in the yeah. room and cuddling and waking up together and all this kind of stuff. So <sighs> <sighs> happy sigh in Turkish. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I just literally was like, I'm total mush for this, especially those bedroom flashbacks, because they're just so sweet. Like yeah. um, so I love them even though it it makes reality a little even more sad, mm-hmm. you know. Because we got we, in that bedroom one when he walks her into the room where they clearly stayed, but only she'll be in there now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he gives her a pair of sweats and stuff to change into, and stares at the bed as he has this flashback. So it's <laughs> yeah. super clear even to her what he's remembering. <laughs> um, you know, we've got forehead kissing and nose nuzzling and face stroking and snuggly goodness, and then we pop back into reality, and she's like, "Can you get out?" <laughs> Well, and I, I did, I did like this as a movement of the story too, mm-hmm. uh, because of the fact that she sees him kind of spacing out as he's looking at the bed, mm-hmm. and she can tell that he's affected. And then after this whole situation, after what he said in the car, mm-hmm. she's thinking, she's thinking, and then when she calls uh, Jaren and Fifi. She is kind of like – she explains the whole situation and she's like, I can't remember why Sirkan broke up with me, and he, but he said this in the car mm-hmm. and I just don't think that the reason we broke up is the reason that he originally told me. There's got to be something going on. Yes, girl. Seriously. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we knew you were no dummy. 
Right. And even though the girls are trying to kind of logically explain it away, I love that she's like fixated on this. Like, yeah. no, this means something. Like, yeah, she's she knows that something is up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I really liked those little portions. And even her telling him, you don't have to do this. You didn't have to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Why would mm-hmm. you take me to your house? Why don't you call somebody else? Yep. And he gives the excuse that he would do it if she were – if to, for any employee of his. But frankly, we know that's not true. Mm-hmm. He would make sure they were taken care of, but not personally at his summer home. Yeah. Did Layla recover from her surgery at your house, Serkan? Mm-hmm. Exactly. No. You made sure she was taken care of and had the best doctors. And checked on her, but mm-hmm. you were not, like, being her personal nurse, so. Yeah, you weren't by her bedside the entire time. Mm-hmm. So. So, yes. Then we get Grandpa Cardigan Sercon, who I am oh here for. I know in his Instagram live, he was like, or story, he was like, I look like an 85-year-old, but I was like, listen, you make it work. So, more cardigans, please. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sweat, um. And he's just basically trying to keep her awake. He offers to turn on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like you said, Ada starts questioning why he's even doing this. He gives that, you know, manufactured answer. And, you know, she's not really buying it, but she's like, okay, bickering a little bit back and forth. She's like, don't look at me. Don't watch me. And he's like, I <laughs> have to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. He's like, listen, I have to make sure you don't fall asleep. She's like, I'm not going to fall asleep. So just don't look at me. And he's like, well, say what you want. I'm still going to watch you. Yeah. And she's like, I'm making a snack. I'm hungry. So she goes into the kitchen and works on that. F.A.'s calling. I didn't realize in the live watch that – um. I saw this later. I was like, oh, Sarah Khan's the one that sees that it's F.A. calling and brings her her phone. Oh, I um, didn't realize that either. Yeah. And so he hands her the phone. She answers it. And, of course, he's, like, rolling his eyes the whole time at mm-hmm. their conversation because, of course, F.A.'s like, are you okay? Do you want me to come get you? Blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, she she fends him off. She's like, no, it's fine. I'll be – you know, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm just recovering here, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know – Sarkhan is kind of sassy regarding F.A., you know, because he's like, oh, I see you guys are getting along just peachy and all this stuff. And she's like, yeah, Yeah. what's it to you? And he's like, well, he's not going to be in the holding very long. So basically, like, you don't really need to be that close to him. (laughs) You know, he's jealous. And as we know, he's also very weary of him. So, yes. But later in the evening, she starts falling asleep. He wakes her up and she's like, don't touch me. (laughs) It's so funny when he wakes her up and the look on her face. I was like, wow, it does me when I'm woken up when like before I am planning to get, to wake up. Same, big time. I am not a morning person, you guys. Oh. It's terrible. It, yeah. And I'm like, I'm kind of snappy and grumpy the first like probably 15 minutes I'm up while I'm waiting for my coffee to brew. <laughs> um. So anyways. Uh, she still winds up falling back asleep. So he's like, okay, listen, you need to stay awake. Why don't we talk? Mm-hmm. And she's like, she kind of is like, no. And then initially he's like, okay, fine. You know what? Yeah, let's talk. And he's like, okay, good. Like, cause he's just wanting to help keep her awake. But yeah, she's well, like, she finally says that they'll talk after he irritates her and plays super loud music and wakes her up and she's like what are you doing what's wrong with you yes yes but he's it, he successfully woke her up so she's like mm-hmm. fine let's talk mm-hmm. but she has nothing to say so she's like you're gonna do all the talking 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what do you want to talk about? And then the moment – there's kind of a few moments of just a little bit of staring mm-hmm. because the mood changes. Yeah. And she gets very vulnerable and basically says, well, first, I want you to tell me about a day that you hurt someone terribly. Then a day that was really upsetting to you. And then a day you remember being the happiest. And she's saying all this and she's struggling to get it out. She's got tears like welled up in her eyes. Yeah. And he, the same thing starts to happen to him as he's listening to her say this. Mm -hmm. And he basically chokes out, I don't think we should talk about anything personal. Yeah. And then her response. Yikes. Because they're – and she's like, "Uh uh-huh, that's what I thought because there's nothing personal left between us. And then it's like just super – like the tears actually start rolling down her face. He looks gutted. He's not – like, congratulations. I don't want to sleep now. Yeah. And it's horrible. And he's like, I'm glad. I know. (laughs) And they're all clearly not okay. Yeah. Nobody's actually glad about anything. Yeah. So basically we get a montage of them staying up all night, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. And then it's time to go home and he drops her off and he tells her to stay home and rest. Mm -hmm. And she's basically like, you don't tell me. I do what I want. Uh And then then Auntie comes and (laughs) poor Sarkhan's like, great. (laughs) Harika. (laughs) Because now she is – she's going to – say her piece to him about mm-hmm. you told me you weren't going to hurt her yada 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 and Sarkhan essentially just has to defend himself and say I understand and you need to understand that this is the last thing I ever wanted to do mm-hmm. that I never have ever had any intention to hurt your niece and that's kind of that and he yeah. tells her to have a good day she just looks at him and then after she walks away he's all okay cool to me too thanks yeah because he's like <laughs> have a good day and she doesn't say anything to him <laughs> i loved that when he did that i like that he so consistently gives himself the proper response that uh-huh. he doesn't get from them when they're mad at him <laughs> oh so funny oh gosh well and it just shows how he's changed because that's what edda was doing in all the early episodes yeah like he would not really reply to her at all when she'd say like good morning and things like that yeah and she'd be so like she would reply oh. for him mm-hmm. and he has taken to doing the same thing yes i love it so serkan is home he's changed he's on his way to work but safi kind of just asks him to go calm Idon down a little bit. Right. So he goes and he tells her, don't worry, you're going to know before I move out. I'm not just going to peace out and not tell you anything. But she sees the ring mm-hmm. and then she mentions something to Safi and she's like, why would he have this ring? <laughs> and Safi, of course, is like, I don't know. Hmm, maybe you should ask him. Maybe you should ask Ida. Well, I love too how he's like, well, because he, because Idon's like he just can't seem to forget about that girl and captain of our ship that he is, God bless him. He's like, well, who can forget Edda? Mm-hmm. I love it. So she's, of course, that's not the answer she's looking for. So she's like, get out of here. Yeah, and that's that. So Edda's updating the girls at home and Ifair re- regarding the fall, how she had to stay up all night. That's why she wound up being at the summer cabin. She didn't really have much of a choice. She couldn't make a long journey. Blah blah blah. 
Right. Um, and then we hear a little hint about these black roses that are being delivered today for mm-hmm. um, a special um, client. Client, which when we get to them actually later, I'll read a few things because Rumsha in our Facebook group had a really good theory and um, did a lot of the legwork on like uh, researching them. Oh, I did the same thing. So. Oh, did you? Okay, good. Well, do you want to talk about that now or when, when she – No, we can do okay. it later. Yeah, okay. yeah. I just feel like it's more poignant when it's like her and F.A. talking about yes. it later. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, after Ifair leaves, the girls talk about everything and Eda, again, is still fixated on the whole situation mm-hmm. and that something has to be up and what he said in the car – and she basically says he he does he hasn't told me, but there is a reason for him breaking up with me, and I will find this reason. So Jaren asks, you know, even if this is the case, does that still justify what he did? And Edda just says nothing in the world can justify what he did. And so they're they're just kind of figuring out that whole situation with the girls. And um, what does Edda say? Oh, I guess that's it. I thought there was more to it, but I just looked at my screenshots and essentially even if there is a, another reason, Ada's <laughs> not thrilled with him anyway because right. he still did all this stuff. He was still stupid. She's still not happy that he put her through all of this, but she knows that something else has to be going on. So that's all. Yeah. So there's like – it's like there's a level of comfort to it, but still not like – satisfying if mm-hmm. if that makes sense um so then uh Serkan is at work and also fixated but on fa <laughs> and basically you know he's telling ingen and um is it celine in this meeting or pearl it's celine pearl and ingen Okay, so basically saying, like, listen, I don't trust the guy, which, of course, they're all like, haha, you don't trust anybody. And he's like, no, but listen, mm-hmm. he already planted the seed in Ferit's ear about buying his shares if he ever wanted to sell them. So he clearly has an ulterior motive because he points out if his only goal was to just enter the Turkish market, he's already done that. Why does he need to be a majority shareholder? Right. There's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And so he tells Ingen, I want you to dig around and see what you come up with. And um, then they kind of also take this time to question him regarding Edda because they're like, listen, you guys are like fire and gunpowder. Like, yeah. can you even work together? And of course, Serkan just kind of evades and doesn't say anything. And Peril's like over it. So she's like, fine, I'm leaving if you're not going to like actually discuss this. And she's yeah. like, Ingen, let's go. And then I love it because Serkan's <laughs> like, Ingen, this meeting is not over. Stay here. But Ingen is a smart man. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just going to go check on her. And he actually leaves. <laughs> I love it. Me too. It's so good. So good. So um, so Fifi and Ifair are chatting about the florist shop and mm-hmm. – Essentially, Fifi convinces Ifair to rent out the cafe space that they yes. have available. That's literally so, all I wrote, too, because I was yeah. like, all right, there's a lot of chit-chat here, but what it boils down to is she needs to rent out the space for money. Yeah, they need the extra cash, so that's what they're going to do to fix it. Yeah. So Eda arrives at Art Life, and uh, with she gets two very different responses <laughs> 
from F.A. and Sircon. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, the fact that he gets so irritated about ice cream. Oh my I was gosh, like, it's my favorite. I was like, like, how is it that I love this stick in the mud so much? Because he basically tells her that she, before she eats any ice cream, she needs to check with a doctor because <laughs> she had a head injury. And, you know, you can't be too careful and you should talk to the doctor. Mind <laughs> you, he was pumping her full of coffee and all this other stuff to keep her awake didn't question the snacks she was having at his house all night but the second fa's like i brought you ice cream which don't even get me started on that but like yeah how he's like uh ask your doctor (laughs) it's so good it's so i love it i love it so so much i I know i know it's so good every portrayal of jealousy so far in this show has been stellar like it's not you know because even in ek it got to it would get to points where it was just like ridiculous like yes you're like oh my gosh you're making her look like a really stupid like helpless girl right um you know it feels so different here because it's all very comical. Yes. And it leads to something. Like anytime Edda gets would get jealous, you know, she told Celine, oh, well, we're moving in together too. Oh, well, we're moving our wedding up too. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was petty in a way, but in a way that like moved the plot because it exactly. was like, oh, crap. Now we have to act like we live together. Now we have to do wedding dress shopping because we're getting married. Like, Exactly. It it did work with the plot. It wasn't just a throwaway thing. Right. It actually had a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I just love it. And the same thing. Same thing later on. It's as the scene continues because F.A. just checks in on her and she's like – because Serkan just calls – he just walks away basically and he Uh calls for Layla and Ada's like, oh, sorry, F.A., do you have a meeting? And he says, oh, yeah, right now, but, you know, how are you doing? I'm glad that you – are you – is everything okay? I'm glad you made it to work. And she says, oh, yeah, everything's fine. I'm glad that I made it in. I was really bored at home. And he's like, okay, don't worry. And Sarkhan is just standing at the door to his office. And he's like, F.A., we have a port project meeting. And he's like, okay. He's like, all right, I'm coming. He's all, right now. right, <laughs> Come right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So He just can't stand to see the two of them by each other. It's so good. So – Basically, in this meeting, whatever, Celine, any ounce of humanity I had left for you at this point, I was, like, ready to punch her in the face because she's basically just trying to get Jaren fired. Oh, yeah. I mean, they talk a little bit about the Port Project, but the main point of this meeting is Celine bringing up, Jaren's young and inexperienced. I think we need a better lawyer. And stupid Efe, who's been there for half a second, is like, I'm inclined to agree. Like, he even knows anything about her and, like, what she's done for the company at all yet. And I love it because Farid kind of defends her and is like, Mm -hmm. listen, like, you know – she can put together a team then if this if it's too much work for just one lawyer to handle. Like, let's give her a chance to do that, though. And even Sarkhan agrees. Like, yeah, let's yeah. do that. And then, of course, so Sarkhan's like, well, since we all disagree, let's put it to a vote. It's even because Federi and Sarkhan vote to keep her. F.A. and 
uh, Saline vote to get rid of her. So he's like, fine, she'll, she, we'll give her a chance to put a presentation together and then I'll make a decision based on that. <laughs> I love it. Which is, I love that it's still his decision. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Well, and then in the next scene when after the meeting kind of disbands and F.A. is like, listen, there's clearly too much tension here so I'm going to move my company elsewhere because we clearly mm-hmm. can't all work under the same building. Again, Serkan realizes that means no Edda and he's like, no. We're all staying under the same building. That's not happening. And um, oh, and so Serkan's not down for that. And okay, this next part too, because everybody leaves and it's just him and Celine for a minute. And I oh, love – Oh, go ahead. Sorry, real quick. One thing we missed before at that very first Art Life meeting with uh-huh. uh, Serkan, Celine, Pearl, and Angan, they decide to look into F.A.'s past. Yes. And that yes. will come up later. Did we mention that? And I'm just losing my mind. Yeah. Well, I just said that he asked Ingen to dig oh, into him. But okay. It's Sorry. all right. No, no. It's okay. Um, so F.A. goes out and is chatting with Edda a little bit and Serkan's watching that. But we don't know what's being said, just that they're talking and stuff. Right. So then I wrote – I love this because this next part, I said, okay, they're reading our tweets or something because a few people have wrote, written about this even in the group. But I've also tweeted about it because I'm very curious – if the whole pushing chairs in all the time thing was a Karem thing or a Sercon thing. Oh. And it makes it very clear in here that it must be a Sercon thing. Like, oh, my gosh. I was dying at that. Because oh my gosh. when it's just him and Celine and he's like, why do people always leave like this? And he's like, all because he gets up and goes and pushes Farid's chair in. And yeah. Celine's like, don't worry. I've got Ingen's. Like, she pushes in. And he's like, thank you. And, <laughs> and then is it right here when – oh, no, it's – it's later, huh? When Angen does Angen it, does yeah, it yeah. on purpose. Yes. So I was Just like, to be a petty little butt. Yep. So I was like, I wonder if they like read our stuff, and then they're like, okay, let's clarify this because I just thought it was really funny that in the last couple weeks that's been pointed out a lot online, and then yeah. we got two very pointed scenes that he's super annoyed and fixated on chairs being pushed improperly. Um. So, um. Hi, Zuzu. So, um. Uh, Serkan walks out of the meeting room and basically approaches Edda and is like, oh, so did you agree with F.A.? And she's like, yes. And he's like, you just immediately agreed with him? And she basically goes, listen, I said whatever's going to piss you off the most. (laughs) So then he's like, wait, okay, so you agreed about moving. And she's like, moving where? What are you talking about? And he's like, F.A. said he's going to move the team out of this building and she's like i haven't heard anything about that and he's like then what the heck did you even say yes to (laughs) and she's like what are you asking me about my personal life are you asking me about my personal life and he's like yes as your boss and she's like you're not my boss and even so you cannot ask him that's the last argument you should ever use when asking someone about their personal life is the fact that you're their boss (laughs) oh my gosh so funny he's just so desperate well and because he's all trying to pry into Mm -hmm. her personal life she's she decides to take advantage so she's like is there something you want to tell me she starts kind of rapid fire questioning him Uh because they say that if you rapid fire question people the truth will come out of their mouth because there's no time for them to think yep exactly and he says 
No. What? She says, is there anything you haven't told me? What? Is there or is there not? Can you tell me? He's all, yes. No. I, I, what? Uh huh. <laughs> he, gets all, he gets all confused. She's like, are you sure? He's all, yes, Ada, I'm sure. And <laughs> she's like, if there's something that you haven't told me and one day I find out, I advise you to be very scared of me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Again, until I was watching this to take notes for the podcast, I didn't hear in that last line of questioning him go, Evet, Hayer. All I had heard was uh-huh. Hayer before. And I was like, oh, he said yes. Like, yep. It mm-hmm. slips out. So he's like, okay, great, beautiful. Do everything in your power to make me scared. Yep. And she's like, yeah, I will. We'll see. He's like, yeah, we will. <laughs> And then they kind of stand off and then he's like, get back to work. And she's like, go back to your – like, go back to your corner. Like, <laughs> he's all, every spy here is my spy. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is my company. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so good. Um, oh, the pettiness is my favorite. Mm-hmm. So oh, let me just man. get a – we get a quick – um, we get a quick I say scene because <laughs> – uh, Nestle Han posted on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And she was like, how come everybody's all about Edzer, Edzer, Edzer? She's like, why don't we have a name? We're I say. <laughs> like, oh, that's cute. With her and Ali John, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to start calling them that now. So um, anyways, so basically she's just talking to him about how she really wants Sarah Khan and Alptekin to make up. And I'm like, oh, sure, because that can be repaired in one night. Like, but Safi kind of diverts and is just like, hey, maybe you should start therapy again. Like, mm-hmm. think about that. Because then it wouldn't make Serkan moving out so bad because she'd be able to go see him, you know. Yes. But she immediately 86 is that option because she's tried 16 times already and right. just like never st- is able to stick with one therapist. So. Right. Um, then we get a quick Celine and Ferit scene where she basically tells him. If you're ever going to sell your shares, you have to sell them to me because I sold all my shares for you. And he's so snarky with her. And I he is. love it because he's basically I know, like, me too. you know, I love how you're so obsessed with my shares and I hold such a tiny amount. Like, that's so interesting. He's and like, you'd think that I held the majority shares of this company the way everybody's approaching me about my little 5%. Uh-huh. And – I just love it because he's basically like, oh, yeah, you'd love to kill two birds with one stone, right? Get more shares for yourself and get rid of me. Like, well, I'm not going anywhere, so Mm -hmm. deal with it. Like, I'm just – I'm here for that with him. Like, he's earned it and it seems so far that he's not going to – he doesn't seem to be turning villainized. So – Which I'm really happy about. I did not want him to be. Um, So, Yeah. I I enjoyed that too. But I'm here for the backbone, so. Yes. So we have a quick little moment where Perel is trying to figure out ways to hold both the holding and the architecture firm in the same building Mm -hmm. because they have two companies now that are trying to share a space. So she's being a little creative with that. But Sarakon, you know, they're kind of talking about – Oh, who can decide whether the holding stays or whether it goes? Sarkhan or F.A.? And you get what I called a shareholder showdown. Oh, I called it a pissing contest, so this is better. Because <laughs> Sarkhan's like, if I say the holding will stay, it will. And F.A.'s <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Miriam's, Miriam's right. You do have a Sarkhan voice. <laughs> 
gosh, that was totally subconscious. Because <laughs> she wrote us last week and was like, I love Ashley's Sarcon voice. And I was like, Ashley does a Sarcon voice? I've never paid close enough attention. But it just hit me right now when <laughs> did that. I guess I do have a Sarcon voice. <laughs> it's only when he's being so high-handed, though, and when he's acting like such a butt. <laughs> It must be how I picture the way he talks. I love it. Oh, my gosh. And so F.A., him and F.A. just kind of keep having a showdown during this episode. And right. And F.A. says, I'm a very calm and patient person, Sarkhan, and if I want something, I'll get it. So they have their little butting heads mm-hmm. moment. And I love it because Sarkhan's like, Cola Gelson then. Like, mm-hmm. like it's still he has to get that last word in. Like, well, I hope it comes easily to you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but did you notice too? Also, Edda purposely walking between them and like shoulder checking Zircon. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I almost wonder if she did that just to kind of distract him. Yeah, to, that's what I'm guessing. To get him not as focused. Mm-hmm. Not as fixated himself on F.A. Yeah. Because he is constantly fixated on F.A. Yeah. So. So in this next scene, Pearl's outside because she's like, she had gotten stressed out based trying to explain the whole how everyone's going to be where in the building. Because then people are like, what about our coffee break room? What about this? What about yes. that? So she's out taking a breather. Well, Edda's out taking a breather too mm-hmm. because she's just like, oh my gosh. And I love it because she – I really love this because I think this is really the first time she and Parole have connected. Like, yeah. I know, you know, I know Parole was suspicious of her at first, as pretty much everybody was, because she disappeared mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Um, and they've never had like bad blood between them, right? Um, and I think the closest we came was, you know, in uh, is it thirteen, fourteen, when you know she kind of asks Edda, like, "What are you doing around here? Like, you're not going to be here for long." Mm-hmm. blah 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 and um this i felt like made up for it i was like okay i i'm i'm here for this because yeah. edda basically is like you you know she broaches the subject carefully but she basically points out like i know you've known sarah a long time and i mm-hmm. keep getting this feeling based on some things that have happened that he's not telling me the whole story about why he broke up with me and that there must be a reason for it yeah. that he's just not telling me but since you've known him for so long it seems like it might be something he would confess to you yeah. And she basically points out, like, Sarkon's private about that stuff. Yeah, I've known him a long time, but he would never mm-hmm. tell me. Right. However, I will say something. And mm-hmm. she points out, like, when you were lost in the woods, we were all being told where to go by the camp guy and where we needed to head. She's like, and we all headed in those different directions. But Sarkon was frozen in place mm-hmm. until he, like, basically – felt where he needed to go like edda he felt you and knew where to go find you yep and she's like if that's not having feelings for someone i don't know what is right and edda's kind of like really like that's what happened and so it kind of gets her going and she's like yeah you know like i don't know he just he followed what seemed logical to him and it told him to go that way well that then triggers edda remembering the you know the conversation he and Celine had uh, when they didn't know they were being listened in on by Ferit and um, Edda, and basically him telling Celine, "If I listen to my mind and my logic, like it tells me you're the person I should be with." Right. So then for Edda, she kind of jumps to this conclusion, like, "Oh, maybe logic was his reason." Like he started to listen to logic again, and now that Celine is free, 
yeah. basically decided that she's the logical decision and that's why he broke up with me. And so she basically tells Celine or uh, Perel, like, maybe you're onto something. Maybe the reason is reason. Like, and kind of, you know, is like, thank you and goes back inside. Right. So. So then we get a really cute moment where Layla brings out a cupcake because it's Pearl's birthday mm-hmm. and Layla remembered and Pearl's obviously very touched by this and it's just a really cute moment. I agree. <laughs> and I love that Layla was so considerate because she's told her, you know, I wasn't sure if you wanted to make it a big deal or not. So I just wanted to have this little cupcake for you. And mm-hmm. so they have a nice sweet little moment. Agreed. Um we get a real quick thing where Ferry is giving Jaren a heads up and warns her about what's coming and basically says, like, I think you need to reach out to your dad and ask for his help in assembling a team because I don't want you to lose out on getting to be a lawyer for these prominent companies just because of something like this, you know? Right. And just so. to kind of move that storyline along, uh, she does ask her dad for help. He helps her. She revamps her presentation and the contract with her dad's help Mm -hmm. fairy even gives her kind of a pep talk later on right before she does her presentation and then she wins them over and she she ends up becoming the lawyer for the holding as well as the company yes as well as the architecture firm so that was that's kind of that yes i will touch then too since uh we're wrapping that storyline um Mm -hmm. when she comes out from her pep talk with Ferry. Right, with Edda. Mm-hmm. Edda, because Edda notices Celine kind of watching them. Yeah. And so Edda is looking out for her friend and basically tries to warn her. But, you know, Jaren makes a good point because she basically is like, Edda, I appreciate that you're, like, worried about me, but I'm a big girl and can make my own decisions. Was I telling you any of this when you were in a fake relationship with someone who was trying to break them up? Like, and yeah. then you wound up falling in love with him? Like, yeah. did I say anything about that? No, I supported you. Yeah. So, and it is just like, I just don't want you to wind up hurt, basically, right. like I did. Mm-hmm. And Jaren's like, well, I can handle that myself. Thanks. Yeah. Like, and you know, I, I, I got that. Like, I, it's, I, it's a hard position. It's a yeah. hard position because you and I have both been in situations mm-hmm. with each other <laughs> where you, we have had to make that decision mm-hmm. of, do I say something about this or do I let her decide for herself and, and I'm just her. there as the supportive mm-hmm. friend? Yeah. Yeah. And whether it goes either way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. I could see it either way. I, I don't know that I feel upset at either one of them for no. this situation. No. I don't think that I do because – we we know their intentions with yeah, each other. Yeah, and they both have the right – yeah, they both have – they honestly both have the right attitude and intentions with it. Yeah. It's just they didn't happen to align. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and that happens in friendships. And so I did like that yeah. that was portrayed. Like, it's not that they're on bad terms or they're not speaking to each other because of it. Mm-hmm. It just – it just is showing like, yeah, sometimes friends don't always see eye to eye on things. But you know yep. what? They're still friends. So Exactly. Exactly. Um. So then we get uh, Big Boss calling Ingen. <laughs> yeah. Who's just Alptekin. <laughs> and basically, we kind of touched on this. Alptekin's like, I'm arranging a game night for the guys. And I'm sitting here like, of all the things you could arrange, you think playing video games is going to be the start on the road of healing between you and your son. You know what would be a good start on the road of healing is you stepping up and taking the responsibility for what you did. And mm-hmm. you telling Edda 
what happened because then she'll only be reminded of her parents' death every time she looks at you, Optikeen, not every yeah. time she looks at Serkan because with Serkan telling her, which he mentioned this, you know, in the episode that he broke up with her to Engen, mm-hmm. if he tells her all she's going to see every time she looks at him is the reminder of his family being responsible for her parents' death because he right. will have been the one to tell her. So I'm yep. like, if Optikeen does it though, then not only does she know – but every time she looks at Serkan, it's not going to be a reminder of that conversation. Exactly. Exactly. So, But Baba is trying to treat a broken arm with a Band-Aid right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just not going to work. And it, the weird thing is he knows it's not going to work, but mm-hmm. he's still pushing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Angin basically promises that he's he'll get Serkan there. Right. He's like, don't worry. We'll have a lot of fun. I'll make sure he gets there. Don't worry. Yeah. So, oh, so um, what's next? Oh, Layla and Edda. Edda kind of pushes with her That's new theory. Right. That's right. Yeah, because she now is kind of thinking, oh, well, the logical explanation then is Celine. And now Celine is unattached because she and Ferit broke up. So Edda kind of tells Layla, Hey, so, you know, you're very observant and you always know everything that's going on in the office. So what do you think about Celine ever since this wedding situation has happened? Her and Ferry, do you think that her and Serkan are going to get back together? And mm-hmm. Layla just kind of tells her, no way. Mm-mm. They had their moment. They'll always be close to each other because of the holding and because of their friendship. But in my opinion... Celine is still focused on Ferry, mm-hmm. and there is no chance that her and Sarah Connor are ever going to get back together. Well, and I love that she pointed out too, like, one of the things I love about you, Edda, is one of the very first things you did after I met you is, and I told you, like, nobody's ever able to point out Sarah mistakes. Mm-hmm. She's like, one of the first things you did was point out his mistake and make him see it. Yep. And she said, and the look on his face that he had when you did that is mm-hmm. the same look that's on his face all the time now. So yeah. he realizes what a mistake it was to break up with you. So stay strong and keep fighting. Yes. And like, Layla, my girl. I know. I know. And then the way, <laughs> the way she walks into his, his office, because he's just staring at them. Oh, and I daggers. Loved, daggers. I, well, I did love his laugh, his little sneaky laugh when he – can totally tell that Layla's pretending to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> he can't help but laugh at her. But then Layla comes in because she's like, he's staring at me. He must, you know, do you need something? You must need something, Sarah Conbe. What can I do for you? And she almost treats him like a little kid. Yes, it's like patronizing because she's like, <laughs> would you like some coffee or some chai? Like, yeah. Sir Kabe, you must need something. What can I get for you? <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay, so this is when Edda gets the call about the Black Rose delivery. She is making sure everything has gone through. And F.A. overhears because, of course, he does. <clears throat> F.A. eavesdrops. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's that. And he's like, oh, I would love to see black roses. These are very special black roses. Do you think that maybe I could see these black roses with you and take mm-hmm. you to the, back to the florist? Where the so, black roses are that I can uh, see? <laughs> and meanwhile, I am living for all of Serkan's eye rolling as he's observing their conversation. Yeah. I don't think he can really hear what they're saying, but just that they're interacting. And he's like... He's like typing on his computer while like staring at them and rolling his <laughs> <All> eyes. Angrily. <laughs> uh-huh. 
angry typing. So good. <laughs> so stick a pin in that. Uh, yeah. Engen starts invites for the game night. He sees Federi, invites mm-hmm. him. Poderil starts to overhear part of that. And so she mm-hmm. sort of assumes it's him planning something for her birthday. Yeah. It's funny how that wording could not happen in English because since Turkish has no gender, mm-hmm. our translations say he or she. Right. But in Turkish, that doesn't exist. It's, it's just, just they, oh, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exact. Exactly. Wow. I <laughs> spit it out, Ashley. Um, so I just thought that was funny. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a unique thing. Obviously, you could make that happen using English. Sure. But you couldn't use those specific phrases. Pronouns. Mm-hmm. Yes, because Angin says, oh, it'll be a surprise for oh. Mm-hmm. But she hears that and it could mean her too. Right. Because it's her birthday. Yep. So. So then uh, Engen comes to Sarkon in the office and I wrote, oh my gosh, I – because he's like – he walks in and Sarkon doesn't even look up from his screen and he's like, yes, Engen, which then makes Engen really annoyed and it made the perfect eye roll gif Uh that I will be – I've used probably five times already. So he rolls his eyes and he's like, what are you doing, Sarkon? And then, of course, snarky Sarkon is like, what you haven't been doing. I'm working. (laughs) Then we get another game eye roll from Ingen, and he basically tells him about game night, and um, that uh, and I wrote, and that idea takes off about as well as a lead balloon. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so funny though. I love how Ingen's like, "Bro, when have I asked you for anything?" Zircon's <laughs> like, "You always ask me for things," <laughs> and he's like, "Well, we're friends. I'm supposed to be able to do that." <laughs> so basically, Zircon's like, "I'm not coming. You guys have fun." LOL, that you thought you could get me to come to this. And besides, even if I did come, you'd lose. And uh-huh. Angan's like, well, then come prove it to me. And he's like, no thanks. And then Angan's all mad because he's not coming. So as he leaves, he messes up <laughs> all the chairs on the ta- at the table and bolts out of there. And Robot Bolat is like, ah, <laughs> you know that I hate when you do crap like this. <laughs> oh, and gets up and pushes all the chairs uh-huh. back in because he cannot help himself yep so then oh, angan runs into fa and invites him and he's like i'll be there after i drop edda off at the nursery which of course then sarkon's soulmate spidey senses are tingling mm-hmm. and he's like he hears the word edda and is immediately at attention yeah and um Puril again gets further convinced that birthday plans are in play when Ferit is vague about what his plans are for the evening. Yeah. Um, and you know, so everybody's leaving early. Right. And they're like, oh, something must be happening. Right. So FA is dropping Edda off and um, she, they kind of catch her in the middle of showing the cafe to a potential renter. Mm-hmm. So basically, and this is news to Edda too. Yeah. So Edda's hearing about it for the first time in front of F.A. And, you know, she's not really excited about it. Like, so right. now we have to, like, order and pay for chai from our own cafe. Like, that's right. going to feel weird. It's on our property. But iFair basically is like, listen, it's something temporary. And let's maybe not discuss this in front of company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't want to make him uncomfortable. So we kind of switched to a different scene. But let's just continue with this one. Um, so okay. Eventually, Edda is showing him the black rose, they, and they start yes. to chat about it. Um, 
And do you want to start talking about Black Roses from yeah from Halfetti? Is that how you say it? Halfetti. Halfetti. Yeah. Okay. So, in general, the consensus is that Black Roses that are truly black all the time do not exist. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting little factoid. Uh, But. People will dye them black or there are these specific roses that come only from this region. Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty interesting because they only can grow in this region and it has to do with the pH of the soil and all this other stuff. And as they start out, they're actually a deep red. But as the summer goes on, they turn black. But if they're removed from the soil, just like Eda says, they end up turning red. Yeah, they go back to burgundy. Mm -hmm. So as far as meanings, there are lots of different symbolism, symbolic symbolic meanings. Of course, there's like death, (laughs) which is like the most common. Uh But they can also mean new beginnings. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can have positive meaning. It's not just all death and destruction. So sometimes they will represent rebirth and a new beginning. Often it might symbolize the end of a major event. Mm-hmm. So it could mean the end of something like a relationship mm-hmm. or a career, etc. It also has strong ties to tragic love and hatred. So depending on the person, they can mean a tragic love for others and they can mean a deep and pure devotion for someone else. So I like that symbolism. Personally, Mm -hmm. I feel like those connections, like the end of a major event or the end of a season even of a relationship, because we know that Eda and Serkan's relationship isn't ever going to be the same once Mm -hmm. she knows the truth. But it could also just be leading us towards rebirth and a new beginning and a pure devotion between the two of them. Which Uh, I think is a good point mm -hmm. because someone had actually pointed out um, really quickly. This just kind of goes with it Mm -hmm. about the whole like rebirth, like almost like we're starting over because in in the last episode – when she's back at the flower shop after they've broken up and she's like, you know. Saying uh, her – you were hearing her inner thoughts. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know – I don't think we mentioned this, but that those we were her didn't. exact – those were her exact words in episode one. Yes. Dream yeah. Italy. Reality Petunias. Uh-huh. And, and it was um, someone named Vinya on Instagram who basically was like – she was very sweet. She's like, I love the podcast. Like, I just had a thought that I wanted to share with you. And she pointed out that the, those words from Edda while she's making a flower arrangement in 15 mm-hmm. are the same words that she is – that she says in episode one when she's like, let me tell you the story about how I fell in love with the man who broke, uh, ruined my dreams, basically. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. Like that ties in then with the whole new beginning. It's almost like we're starting over but yeah. in, a, in a different way, obviously, um, yeah. because all this stuff has happened so we can't – start from the beginning in the same way exactly um, we have to start differently we have to start new mm-hmm. and uh one website said that since a true black rose is impossible to find in nature it emphasizes an utmost devotion and exclusivity in a relationship 
I know. And I really liked that. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Yeah, a lot of it is new beginnings, a journey to the unknown, a major change, mm-hmm. death of old habits, and introduction of a new system, heralding a new era of hope, yes. an era of possible peace, and that the Black Rose can bring great joy. Yes, I agree. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of went into the whole – oh, I meant to look that up, but I didn't get to it uh, – because there was a really cool blog article mm-hmm. about the history of Turkey's Black Rose specifically and mm-hmm. the Halfetti region. Mm-hmm. And it's got this really interesting history. It's like a half-submerged town mm-hmm. because there was a whole tragedy with a dam that was built. And so half of the city is like underwater basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it uh, it itself – the city itself kind of has its own – tragedy and yeah. this and very symbolic mm-hmm. exactly this very symbolic story of rebirth and how so many of its inhabitants have been through a lot especially if they've been through all of that those big tragic moments mm-hmm. um so i just thought that was really interesting too and there was also a a dizzy called Karagul mm-hmm. and the Black which uh huh and I meant to look up that dizzy because just to see what the storyline was yeah and yeah because it made me wonder okay is Aisha referring to that other dizzy mm-hmm. is that storyline something specific to death and rebirth and new beginnings and that kind of a thing but I totally. It was past midnight and I ended up falling asleep. <laughs> I, I get you. I totally understand. So that's really the extent of the research that I did. But I really yeah. thought that this almost feels like the beginning of a new cycle in the storyline, mm-hmm. of a new arc in the storyline. Um, because things have – the last couple episodes, it almost seems like things are winding down in certain mm-hmm. ways. And it hasn't been a super – dynamic story as far as Edser. Right. And I know that some people are kind of upset about that, but I feel like this is a good symbol of us maybe entering, ushering in a new era of their relationship. Yes. And that kind of ties in. And I told you a lot of this uh, off mic when Mm -hmm. we were talking the other day. But yeah, I just want to encourage anyone who is like maybe struggling a little bit, who's like, I miss early days, Edsair. I miss this. Mm -hmm. Um, I get that because there's nothing like those magical, just like it was with EK, those magical early episodes with the explosive chemistry and them fighting their feelings for one another because they're not supposed to be feeling, you know, this way. And especially with these two, they're supposed to be enemies and Mm -hmm. all this stuff, you know. And we we can't stay there or they'd always just be enemies who are just fighting feelings for each other. And then eventually even that chemistry and uh, sizzle would kind of get old, you know? Right. Uh, and where would the character growth be? Right. Absolutely. So I think rather than like, yes, appreciate and love those things about those early episodes, mm-hmm. but also like look at what that chemistry and all of that that it's leading to this though to this growth to this this new era this new chapter in their relationship yes. and just like in any real life relationship like it's never going to stay the same as it was at the beginning because you're just going to start accumulating this familiarity with each other mm-hmm. um 
almost like a routine and mm-hmm. like a there's just going to be a level of comfort that starts to exist that can't exist in the beginning because exactly. you, you don't know each other. So I don't think it's so much that they are losing chemistry or anything like that. It's just that the chemistry is growing and changing into something mm-hmm. different as it should. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's pretty much – that's a lot of the stuff that Ramcha had uh, pointed out too. Um, okay. And like researched. So maybe you, maybe you guys read a lot off of like the same uh, – We probably did. S- sources, but um, good. I well, got you, girl. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys had a lot of the same views with that, which is just really cool. Yeah. Um, and, I you love know – I love that people do – research and Me stuff too. like that it's it's so fun so thank you Ramsha, for yes, all of that i agree so um and i also note you know noticed that fa points out like yeah my color changed too just like the black rose when i was basically mm-hmm. like plucked from my hometown so when he was plucked from marden and into italy his color changed so i'm like oh so who were you like and right. who are you exactly mm-hmm. um just adding more to his mystery yeah, definitely. So um, let's see where we at. Oh, so we also in between that um, found out or see that game night's kind of beginning. Um, we're just missing F.A. and Sarkhan, but the other guys are kind of getting settled and all that. Yes. And Idon winds up pestering Sarkhan about game night. She goes over and he's like, I can see you, mom. What's up? <laughs> and – you know, she's like, wants him to go over and he's like, no, like a night of playing games is not going to even remotely fix what he did. I cannot forgive him. Yeah. And, you know, and so then she kind of changes the subject a little bit and asks, points out that she notices he's still wearing the ring and asks why. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we get a flash over to Eifer and um, Edda. Yes. Because Eifer notices the same thing. And um, I – it's funny because the first time I watched this, mm-hmm. I didn't pay close enough attention to their answer because, you know, it says to remember something I never want to forget, which makes you go, ah. but then it says to not fall in love. Yes. Well, what I thought initially they said was to not fall in love again. And then I realized that's not what they say. They say not to fall in love with anyone else. So, and I feel like that's different because it's like, the way I'm choosing to take it is that they're both just going to be in love with each other forever and, like, they can't possibly love anyone else versus the more – I mean, it probably was meant more to be, like, <laughs> it's just a reminder that, so that I never fall in love again. Like, this sucks. But- See, that's funny because my subs say that I will never fall in love again. Oh, see, so mine said anyone else. So I was like, well, I'm going with that because <laughs> I like that. Because I like that too. It's not so. It's not either of them denying that they're still in love with each other. Right. It, you know, so. Um, well, I think you could even take that I won't fall in love again as they're still in love with the other one. Well, that's They're true. still in love with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because to fall in love again implies to fall in love with a new person. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I just yeah, they're they're never gonna love anyone but each other. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, that's my takeaway from that scene. So all right, <laughs> I, I'll I one hundred percent agree. <laughs> so, um, then we get a flash over to where Celine and Perel are realizing that Engen really didn't plan anything. <laughs> I know, but good on oh Celine. She's like, well, then what do you want to do? Let's make something happen tonight. It's your birthday. Yes. 
And so Pedro wants to do karaoke and Celine's like, okay, I'll make the call. I'll, you know, basically, I'm assuming this is because of COVID times because I was like, there's literally nobody else in that club. Uh-huh. But then I was like, well, they had to probably do it that way because of COVID. So yeah, um, basically they make it seem like they rented the place out just for mm-hmm. them to – because she's like, call whoever you want because she even says like, can I invite Edda? And she's like, it's your birthday. Like, ask whoever you want to come. Mm-hmm. So which works out because right at that time – Ifair's trying to tell the girls, like, get Edda to go out. Like, she's just she's just staying at home. She's just this. She's just that. Like She's fixated on Sarkhan. Right. So yeah. this works out because as the girls are trying to convince her to go do something, uh, Pedro calls, invites her to karaoke, and tells her she can bring the girls too. Like, yep. so they're so all going to go night, out. Which mm-hmm. I, I thought this is a really – I really liked – this turn of events. Me too. I was like, yeah, get all these girls together. Mm-hmm. They can have some fun. I agree. They don't need a man to organize a surprise for her. That's right. So on a side note, I just want to say poor Pearl because in a span of like two scenes, every time her name is said. <laughs> oh, the. The super reeky subs. Oh my gosh. It's like it showed it's up terrible. as Doug, Fervor, Ardor. Ardent, <laughs> dust, dive. Like what? Like what? I know. And half the time, Edda's name come is shows up as Ed. Ed. <laughs> oh, this so is- Ed, Ed, and Dust are gonna go do some karaoke. <laughs> the things, the things we sift through just to be able to watch a DZ. <laughs> so, um. As Perel's getting her keys for them to leave, she discovers Erdem is, like, living in the break room, and they basically have a whole thing that boils down to her being like, okay, you can't, like, live here. That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. So he winds it, up getting an invite to, to girls' it, night. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he's – I love how he's kind of letting her down easy. He's like, no, I don't – I don't think I could go. I'm here with my loneliness and I have to think about my life and uh-huh. think about what I'm going to do. And she's like, Fifi will be there. And he says, okay, I'll be there. Uh-huh. I love it. So um, so then we have game – we're back on guys game night mm-hmm. and Baba's about to pour drinks and he asks Sarkhan to come help him. Right. Okay. Can we please talk about the fact that Sarkhan literally just threw a jersey on? Over his work, his collared work shirt. Like, I love how on brand this is for Sarkhan. It totally is. All of the other guys physically changed their shirts Uh and are just wearing their jerseys. (laughs) But not Sarkhan Bay. He's got his little collar sticking out. And his long sleeves rolled up and still sticking out from under these sleeves. And I was like, what? It's so absurd, but it's so him. This whole episode, I was like, I should be so annoyed with this man. Mm-hmm. Everything that he does should irritate me because he's such a little stick in the mud. Uh-huh. He's such an old man in <laughs> in a hot man body. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, he, but I just laugh every time and I love it every <laughs> Me too. Every stick up his butt thing that he does, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're hilarious. You're so adorable. Mm-hmm. Why do I love you? I know. I know. <laughs> it's the Karem effect, I'm telling you. So so basically, Serkan and Baba are in the kitchen and 
Sarah Khan's like, listen, none of this, you cannot fix this with video games. But yeah. don't worry, I'm not going to let FAC like an ununited front. Like, so right. you don't have to worry about that tonight. But that is also doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's the crux of that. Yeah. So karaoke night, the girls are all starting to arrive. And I love it because uh, Ed does like, I, you know, it's it's late, so I couldn't find you anything. But like, I did find you this, and it's a birthday tiara for her to wear. Yes. And um, and, and then, Layla's looking all cute. Yes, when she walks in all hot and unbuttoned and like <laughs> – And everybody's like, wow, Layla. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I look like this every night. I just like to look professional at work. I loved that so much. <laughs> so uh, Perel is going to sing first, of course, because it's uh-huh. her birthday, and they all know it's her dream to and like – And it's her secret dream, yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, – so she sings a song called Beer on Da, which they did just release on Spotify and Apple Music, her cover of it. Um, and then we we basically just get like a montage of game night and karaoke um, back and forth. Angan and Ferit wind up winning, which is much probably to Serkan's dismay because we all know how much he hates losing. Right. And um, real quick, can we go back to that song? Mm-hmm. Because the lyrics – for beer on dot? Yes. Oh. So she I'm gonna start after because she does kind of the chorus. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna start at the first verse. Okay. Because she says, I'll take my revenge on everyone, but I won't die. Nothing will destroy me. Believe me, you won. Life doesn't make sense without me. I can smile in an instant. <laughs> Sorry. Eric just got home. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, is, is the microphone picking all that up? I was oh. like, yeah, it's just super sensitive. And he's all, all right, sorry, I'll get out of your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Eric, I love you. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay, sorry. Pick up your lyrics. Okay. (laughs) Left off. (laughs) So she sings, life doesn't make sense without me. I can smile in an instant. I can cry in an instant. And the end may come in an instant. One moment. Never mind. Don't ask. I can smile in an instant. I can cry in an instant. Mm. One moment. Never mind. Don't ask. So Mm. I really liked that because the whole... I can't be broken. Mm-hmm. And we know that with for Edda that her emotions have been very close to the surface lately because of the whole situation. Yeah. The lyrics just felt poignant to me. So I was like, when I saw that Turk Flick had actually translated the lyrics, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I these are good. I'm <laughs> I'm screenshotting these. Yeah, definitely. So um so she sings Ingen calls Peril because he's all excited and he wants to, like, show her that he and Ferry like, won the game night. Mm-hmm. But then, very quickly, he realizes that he made a capital B big mistake. Uh-huh. Because – Ingen, you dummy. I know. Because, you know, he figures out it's her birthday, he didn't do anything, all this stuff. So, basically, the boys are now scrambling to figure out where they are and how they can fix this. And I love it because, like, Serkan – calls Layla, who, good for her, is like, 
Because he starts ordering her for like chocolates and all this stuff. And she's like, you should have asked me this during the work hours. Sorry. And he's like, but why didn't you remind me that it was her birthday? And she just hangs up on him. Yep. yep. And then tells the bartender, that was just my boss. Don't worry. Because she's Not like a boyfriend. with him. Yes. Yes. She's like, when are you off? <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then Ferry is just laughing at Angin because he's like, yeah, you mm-hmm. dumb idiot. What do yep. you think you're doing? You're yep. ripping what you sewed, bro. Mm-hmm. And then Fa's like, well, I'll call. I'll call. And it's so funny because they're all ugh, such such idiots. They're like, why didn't my assistant remind me? Because oh they're kind of like, I'll call Layla because it, obviously it's their job to run their lives, not mm-hmm. their own job mm-hmm. as an adult male. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Angan's like, Erdem didn't even remind me. He's all upset. So Effie decides to call. Do you notice? Do you notice though? After that, he tells Sercon, like, I guess I sometimes I think you are right about him. Like, <laughs> yes, poor Erdem. Because Erdem didn't remember either. No, but again, this is your girlfriend now, so you don't really have an excuse. Yeah, and dude. You guys have all been friends for years. For how long? Mm-hmm. So sorry, There's no excuse. You don't get to blame your assistants on this one. No. So Effie. Basically, ha- gets a warm reception from Perel because he hasn't done anything wrong and to her. <laughs> yeah. So she invites him to come down and party with them. Like, uh-huh. so he figures out where they are. Um, and of course, Sercon perks up at when he hears Ed because someone's like, "Is that Edda dancing on stage with Jaren?" And he's like, "Edda's there." Mm-hmm. His spidey senses. But of course, he still plays it cool and is like, "I'm not going. You guys go do that. That's not my thing." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And um. Yeah, quote, I'm not going. Yeah. So the guys all head out and we're back at the karaoke bar and Celine tries to shade Jaren after they like have fun on stage. Yeah. We did see Erdem sing. Oh, did that happen already? Yeah. Okay. It happens right before F.A. calls. Okay. Um, But yeah, so. Okay. And he has, no- he has a great voice. He does. Basically. And Fifi notices. Uh-huh. So, you know. So yes, then Celine tries to shame Jaren. Yeah, like, oh, you seem to really like the attention on yourself. And I love it because Jaren's like, yep, sure do. <laughs> like, and walks off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So then Eda walks up to Celine and. Ada has had a little help from alcohol in. Yeah, our girl's been taking shots, y'all. So yes, mm-hmm. and her friends are like, maybe you should slow down a little. And she's like, I'm fine. This is a great night. <laughs> <laughs> and so she she asks uh, Celine, "Do you think Sercon broke up with me because our relationship was not guided by logic?" Because she, in her little drunk brain logic, mm-hmm. is thinking. I should ask Celine this question because Celine was in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And Celine is the one that he said was the logical choice. Why don't I go talk to her? Mm-hmm. But Celine kind of just says, Eda, only after a really long time can you actually understand what Sercon is doing and why. And Eda's like, Well, I don't have that much time. I. <laughs> I love that, though, because she's just like, no, I want to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Um, so then the boys arrive, and so Engen – and I wrote, Engen, you dummy. He brought her a bouquet of flowers after yes. we had this whole ordeal about uh-huh. how we know that she only wants flowers that are planted because ones that are picked then die. They don't continue to live on. So for You her- had one job, bro. 
mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. and we've she's had like, this conversation. Yep. Which she essentially implies because she looks at them and yes. she's like, okay, I see we're not getting anywhere tonight. And oh um, basically informs him that he's only there as a colleague tonight. And yeah, good for you, Pearl. Amen. I, I mean, poor girl. Mm-hmm. What a stinking dummy. I know. She should have slapped his little head. I know. So Edda comments, excuse me, on Sarkon's absence and then decides she's going to march up on stage and it's her turn to sing. Mm-hmm. And she sings a song called Kanlataram Var Ruhumda. Mm-hmm. And do you have lyrics for that too? I took some off of Google, but I'm wondering if these ones will be better. Oh, well, I do. Okay. I don't know about whose will be better though, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> I'll stop you if anything sounds weird. How about that? Okay. Okay. So she sings, don't let me into your heart in vain. Don't put your arms around me. I can't stay there. Hmm. Laugh, have fun. Don't say bitter words. After all, what is life? Short meetings. This is who I am. This is who I am. It has always been like this. It's always been like this. Hmm. I don't go back to the past. I don't shed tears. I'm much stronger with my mistakes. Don't call me on your path. My way is different. I'm headed to a completely different place. I have other goals. This is who I am. This has always been like this. I can burn in the dark. I can find myself in a vacuum. I will not fall. My soul has wings. Hmm. I can leave just like I came. I can give up on love. I don't have a chain around my neck. Don't let me into your heart in vain. Don't put your arms around me. I can't stay there. So, yeah, those were better. Um, and Sarkhan walks in as she's singing this song yes. with yep. these lyrics sure about does. new beginnings mm-hmm. and strength and happiness and don't hold on to me. I can't stay there. And all this, I I was like, oh, wow. I know. Well, and he's staring at her with an intensity that Mm -hmm. makes me squirm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I wrote, oh, man, someone just couldn't stay away because of those invisible strings or, as he pointed out, invisible handcuffs that Mm -hmm. bind them together. Um, And, yeah, I love it. I love that whole what that's symbolizing and the unspoken conversation that's being had right here. And I will point out, Karam and Hande did an Instagram live during the Reclams last week. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was very cute. You should go watch it if you haven't. But he had asked about um, the scene. He, it was funny because she was like, are you watching? And he kind of started laughing. So it was like very clear he wasn't watching which he's he's stated before he doesn't really like watching himself like once he's finished a project yeah um so i get that but i was like karem turn it on mute or something for the ratings please like <laughs> but anyways right um anyways help yourself out dude yeah so <laughs> but anyways he was like they were talking about this scene and she's like yeah unfortunately like i didn't get to sing it because they didn't have time to go to a studio to like properly do it so and he i love this because he he was like well when we were recording that you were absolutely singing it and it sounded great like so i thought that was so sweet so it made me kind of bummed that we didn't actually get to hear hande's voice while she was singing this but i also understand they were very pressed for time so they probably just had to use a version that was already recorded that they could just dub over her um singing it so 
I just wanted to point that out because there was a lot of back and forth people wondering if that was really her voice or not. I okay. immediately thought it was not when I heard Me it. Me too. It doesn't but, sound like her. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, singing voices can sound different than sure. speaking voices for sure. But even with Bashak, I could tell that that was actually her voice. Yes, absolutely. Um, so she finishes singing and she kind of stares at him as she walks off the stage and finishes. Mm-hmm. And she walks right over to him and asks why he came. Because she's like, you don't come to parties, but you came. And he can tell something's a little off because he, he, he asks this several <laughs> times throughout the night. He's like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine, but let's say that I'm not. She's like, I have to ask you something. And he's like, okay. So she basically confronts him. Like, I know you probably don't think I would remember this, but you said something in the car when we were driving up to the summer house. And mm-hmm. she tells him what he said. And – she doesn't buy his answer because he's like, oh, well, you know, you thought we were together and I didn't want to upset you further because you were injured and recovering. But she – and I love it because she's like, you know what? I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And she basically tells him, I will figure this out and I will know. I will find out what it is that you aren't telling me and you're going to be sorry when that happens. And yep. he – it's funny. He doesn't deny it. He just says, tell mom. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So uh, Aidan and Safi come to talk to Alptekin because Mm -hmm. he was left behind when all the boys left. And he's still feeling sad about the whole situation. Mm -hmm. So she is still upset about the possibility of Serkan moving out. He, good for him, says that they need to respect his decision. Yep. But um, eventually they're able to... Because of this, did we already say? Did we already talk about this? Um, n- not really. Like, okay. I mean, kind of. This is because, just kind of the turning point, right? When they're finally able to convince her to actually get back into therapy. Yes, because um, he, yeah, he's basically like, I can't force him to forgive me, and mm-hmm. even admits like, and after what I took away from him, like, can you blame him? So right. at least points for Baba there, like, yeah, um. And so Idon finally realizes that – and I wrote, oh, sure, now you realize that maybe he should have told her the truth from the beginning and not taken mm-hmm. your stupid advice about your stable boy. Like, yeah. I'm still bitter about that. So basically he encourages her to try therapy again. He's like, you know, that way you're not trapped and you can see your son whenever you want, you know. Yeah. And she she basically agrees to give it a try again. So yeah. that's what this all boils down to. Yeah. Um, then we're back at the karaoke bar. Everyone's coupling off to dance. Yes. And do you notice how Edda immediately pushes Jaren and Efe together to keep – Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. To keep Federi and Jaren from dancing together. And she even, like, throws Federi a look. She does. I was like, dang, girl. She, she is not being subtle at all. Well, so I guess we know drunk Edda is not subtle. No. <laughs> so they start dancing – Um Celine ends up leaving. Celine ends up leaving. Fifi and Dem kind of share a quick little moment. And the dance is over. And F.A. asks Edda, like, do you want me to take you home? Because she's loudly talking about Serkan and how, you know, oh, don't worry. He's not mad at you. He's just mad at me. And yada, yada, yada. She's just kind of going on. So he's like, do you want me to take you home? She's like, no, who's leaving? I'm not leaving. (laughs) And then she marches over to Serkan and is like, why aren't you having any fun? And... (laughs) 
And he says to her, and again, this is just another clue from him that Ed is on the right track because yeah. she's, he says, listen, we're broken up, but whatever it is that you're doing with F.A., please don't do it in front of me. Mm-hmm. And – Immediately, initially, she's like, "Wait, what? Why would you? Why would he even care about this?" But then she's like, "Oh, because of probably how it looks to other people, right? Like she's not, she's not necessarily thinking it affects him, like mm-hmm. personally, but just like the appearance of it." And and so she's like, "You know what? Whatever." And um, she's like, "You're just you really are an insensitive robot. That all you're concerned about is what it's going to look like." Right. And he then grabs her hand, uh huh, and asks her to dance a little. Now, okay. I, I loved this, but it also, like, it felt a little bit like, okay, but why? Like, yeah, it, it felt pretty random. Yes. Like, I'm happy with it, but it also right. didn't make much sense because, like, they're kind of smile. I, I know, I get why she's maybe a little bit, like, loose with it because she's got some alcohol lubricating her, um, senses. In his, her senses. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, but I don't really understand why he's, like, kind of being, Maybe he's just entertained by it, and so it kind of makes him smile and break that facade he has to keep. Like, because, you know, he kind of smiles with her and is like, Yavash, Yavash. Right. And part of me was thinking, okay, is it him kind of trying to take care of her because she is drunk right now and he's maybe a little worried? And he's like, hey, why don't you just come here and dance with me? And we'll dance a little bit. Mm -hmm. I can make sure you're on your feet and you're safe. And, Maybe even part of it was to keep her away from F.A. Okay, that would make sense. That would make Th- sense. Those seem like the most logical explanations to me because, yeah, it was a little out of left field. Right. Because they've just been fighting. Right. And it felt a little weird, but I was like, okay, well, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility at the same time. Right, absolutely. If he's trying to keep her away from F.A., if he's trying to keep her – you know, contained or as even she, he's as she's just drunky, mm-hmm. or he's just losing resolve, like because right. we know he really does not want to be broken up with her, and so well, and we see that when they have their little moment, and mm-hmm. he's being cute with her, telling mm-hmm. her to slow down, and she looks at him. She has a moment where, yeah, her inhibitions are gone. Yep. Her feelings are coming right out of her eyeballs, mm-hmm. and she's just staring at him. And she makes this little noise. <laughs> like, she's like, uh huh. <laughs> and then she's like a little off kilter. And he asks again, "Are you okay?" Yeah. And then he's like, "Come on, I'll take you home." Yeah. So he again. I think this is just bo- going back to Sarah Khan being mm. the most concerned for Ada's safety yeah. above all things. For yeah. her, he's concerned for her well-being and he's kind of probably thinking, I don't trust F.A. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let that dude take her home right now when she is like this. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm going to take care of her and I'm going to take her home so that I know without a doubt that she's safe. Yeah. But – she kind of has a bit of a reality bubble pop. Yeah. And she's like, uh-uh, no, you're the last man to take me home. And then she just basically calls the girls. Yeah. And they leave together. And do you notice he's like, Kuzlar, as they're like walking out <laughs> yeah. the door. I'm like, oh, he just really wanted to take her home and make sure she was okay. But so uh, we get hungover Kuzlar the next uh-huh. morning. They're hurting. Yes, they are. And. <laughs> 
Edda's kind of remember remembering, oh my gosh, like I danced with him and I even was like clinging to him. What's wrong with me? She's like, but then I, she's like, you know what? But then I did let go of him and walk away. So at least I held on to some of my charisma. Like, yes. Some of my, so, um, but she also states to the girls that, you know what? I really think he must have been telling the truth. Like he really did say in the car what he said just to go along with my delusion at the time to not right. upset me. Um, right. Before I remembered on my own. So, you know, I'm basically done trying to pick that apart. Yeah. So. Yeah. Then the whole We're office the is office. hung over. <laughs> They're all suffering. <laughs> this whole Erdem Layla thing, how they're both asleep and just sitting next to each other with the sunglasses and their mugs. So good. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. So then um, – Everybody's pretty much useless, and Sarkon arrives at work, and F.A. is outside waiting for him and basically mm-hmm. is like, listen, I know you don't like that Ida and I work together, but basically, like, I get what I want, and I want her working for me, and besides, like, she needs the money right now anyway, so I don't see yeah. why you would be pushing against this. And he's like, she needs the money? What are you talking about? And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, the, f- the flower shop's not doing well. They're having to rent out the cafe space. And now the money that le- that Edda makes will help pay for installments at school and all of that. So he's yeah. like, oh, okay. And then walks inside. Now, part of me is like, okay, F.A., like, you. part of me is like, okay, are you not quite as bad as I thought? Because, like, you just openly shared this information with him. Or did you just do that because you're just dumb and it wasn't even occurring to you? Like... I thought he was trying to flex the information that he knows. Okay. That, that makes – Okay. That's what it kind of came across to me. Yeah. Was you're, you're not going to get her away from me because I know this information about her and she needs the money right now anyway. And I can afford to pay her this, so. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But boy does not even wait until he's inside. The second he turns away from F.A., he is pulling out his phone. I know. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Sir Khan, I love you so much. I know because you know he is not going to flaunt that. Just no. like because Layla's made it very clear. I mean, we already knew this about him, but like Layla then makes it very clear that he does all these things for people who he cares yeah. about without wanting or even desiring recognition. Yep. And um, so, yeah, he immediately calls Idol. Mm-hmm. And basically is like, hey, I know you haven't really been happy with like your, you know, your floral landscape person. Like I have a company that I can recommend to you. I'll get you the info as soon as possible. And she's like, great. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, and then immediate, he discovers the office is hungover and <laughs> it's, you know, he throws water on Angan and so funny. all this stuff. And it's really funny. So next scene, Idol has already called iFair. And basically is telling the girls all about their new client, you know, and it takes a few minutes because they're hungover, but Edda (laughs) is like happy and then immediately assumes that it's F.A. because Logic would say he just overheard us talking about this and now all of a sudden we have this new client. He must have done that. um, And that's that. Can I just say how Mm -hmm. eternally irritated I am that these girls look so beautiful when they're supposedly hungover. Oh, I know. They look better hungover than I do when I'm like just waking up legitimately. Yeah, like come on. I know, (laughs) I know. Her her hair was more messed up being hungover than it was lying in a ditch. Did you notice that? (laughs) 
But like the, all of their makeup is perfect. Poor Fifi and Jaren, they've been wearing those outfits for all night. at least 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And they all just – they still look totally fine. They yeah, look totally listen, beautiful. Listen. I was like, this is not fair or yeah, realistic. Because <laughs> let's not pretend that they weren't like completely smashed against the pillows, probably drooling all night. Uh-huh. Give me a break. Their uh-huh. eyeliner wasn't even rubbed off or anything. I know. I know. <laughs> so this would have been a good spot for an ad where they – somebody actually mentions how good they look and they could like – be like, well, this is the it, eyeliner this makeup and makeup or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, that's true. So <laughs> missed anyhow. opportunity, Fox. Uh huh. So now we're in a meeting with Sarkon, Celine, and Engen, and Engen has FA info, mm-hmm. and he points the first thing he points out is that he's from Marden, which immediately Sarkon's like, oh really? He's from Marden, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah. Why does that matter? And he's like, no reason. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And now it's ironic here because he. Um, studied on a scholarship, but when he graduated, he suddenly had all this money to open a large company in Italy. So mm. basically they're like, okay, the only logic is he must have had a secret investor. Right. Um, and that's where I wrote Baba Ande, show yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it beg- but again, it just confirms the Sarkon. Okay, that really begs the question then why he needed us if he yes. already has a cash cow. Like yep. this is getting more and more, you know, shady. Yes. So then the way the the way these subs went, I was like, okay, this can't be right. It wrote that he survived his first partner, and I was like, so his first partner died. Well, He's a murderer. <laughs> all he did was basically this, the company did well enough that he was able to buy his first partner out yeah. and be the sole owner of the company. Um, yeah. So, so Sarkon is saying, I, we're gonna get him out before he gets rid of me. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. So, or maybe it is a twist and Sarkhan's afraid for his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe he really <laughs> did survive his first partner. <laughs> so um, Edda gets to work. And of course, Efe's like, oh, I didn't expect you here. Like, how are you, how are you feeling? Because everybody, of course, knows how much she had to drink last <laughs> night. And she's like, I'm good. I'm good. She's like, and she right here thanks him for the client. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, okay, he does look surprised. But sorry, bro, you didn't try nearly hard enough to make an effort to tell her that it was not you. And before he before he um, can, Sarkhan's like, I need to talk to you, F.A., because he – see, knowing Sarkhan, he overheard that and didn't right. want to be revealed as the person who did it. Right. Um, because F.A. would know immediately because Sarkhan's the only other person he's told. Right. And so um, – so he interrupts them and says he needs to talk to F.A. But part of me is like, dude, you still could have told her. So I wrote. F.A. could have told her, could have told Serkan, give me just a second. Uh-huh. And then addressed her. And exactly. then actually answered. Uh-huh. Situ- and explained. But, but here we go. I said, this feels very Darcy and Wickham here because one has all the goodness and the other has all the appearance of it. Mm, very much. I like that mm-hmm. parallel. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, anyways. that's very Darcy. Yep. Yeah, to just save her, a family member of hers and not yeah. want any credit for it and not want her to know and about it. And tell people, make, don't tell anybody about this. Uh-huh. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even when Elizabeth, I mean, Edda, <laughs> is mad at him and won't marry him. <laughs> I mean, she would marry him. This is a little bit different, but, you right, know. Right, right. No, we get it. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Anyways. So we get uh, I done with her therapist, mm-hmm. and the whole crux of it essentially is the therapist notices that Aidan has talked about Eda more than she's talked about her husband or her son or anyone right. else. Right. So she really thinks that Eda is the key to unlocking the situation and helping Aidan finally get over this. Mm-hmm. And she tells her, I think you need to get her back into your life. Mm-hmm. Whatever that happens to look like. I think that this is going to be the most important thing for you as far as moving on and mm-hmm. being able to get over this. Now, I will say props to Idon for being like, isn't that a little selfish? Like, mm-hmm. we basically are the reason her life is ruined and I'm supposed to just like ask her to come help me just so I can like get over this. So right. I I did like that they had Idon say that. Yes. Um, you know, but – you know, the therapist points out like, yeah, but she also knows like how important this is to you. And I think it'll be special for her mm-hmm. that that she's like the only person who can help you with this. And it'll be good for her, too. Um, and I liked that the therapist pointed out that the things that Idon is really suffering over and feeling mm-hmm. all of that massive guilt about are things that she has no control over. Right. Her They're son's things that death. are not her fault. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she never had any control over them. So this hopefully will help her move past those things. Right. Yep. So, um, yeah. And I also like that she pointed out, like, listen, your husband is responsible for this thing. Your son is the one who broke up with Edda, not you. Like, mm-hmm. you can have a separate relationship with her. Yep. Um, yeah. So she basically says, okay, I'll I'll try. You know, I'll mm-hmm. give her a call. So um, F.A. and Serkan have a tense talk, basically, where it's made yeah. clear that he's been looking into him and that he knows he has a secret partner that he now wants to meet because he's like, well – you're my partner, so I need to meet my partner's partner. Right. And F.A.'s basically like, well, they're private for a reason. So if they ever want to sh- reveal themselves, then I'll I'll let you know. Like, you'll be the first to know. Yeah. Um, and basically, it's kind of like left at that. And he's like, okay, great. And that's the meeting. Yeah. Um, and then we get a funny – this was kind of – I know it wasn't out of left field, but – this whole scene, I was kind of like, what is this? Mm-hmm. I, I loved the fight, and I love the fact that obviously Eda can still make Serkan do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was the whole point. But the whole the whole thing, I, I don't know. What 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 mm-hmm. did you think about this whole scene with, with Eda working and then Serkan makes the plan with where the trees are cut down mm-hmm. and she's super upset Comes in, starts yelling at him. <laughs> yes, because yeah, they're she's basically telling him, "I don't care what they told you; they they can't be transplanted. They will die. They're too old right. for this." And he's like, "There's nothing you can do." Blah blah blah. And he's like, "If you saw the grounds, then you'd see why this needs to be done." And she's like, "Fine, take me there." And he's like, "No, it's the middle of a work day. I have so much to do. I'm not taking you anywhere." And then, of course, the next scene is them driving up to this. Um, Sight, which of course makes right. me laugh because the first thing he even says when they get out of the car is, look what you made me do. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I love it because she tells him that this is his job and it, he needs to figure it out and how to make it work. So now this felt like a little bit of a volume one callback because he's like, you're really crazy. And she's like, you haven't even seen my crazy yet. And I know right. they've said that to each other before. So maybe um, that was the whole point. It just felt a little off to me. Right. But if if Yeah, kind of like the dancing scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if we're continuing with the whole new beginnings 
theory and mm-hmm. things kind of like going back to the beginning type of a situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is the whole point because, yeah, they definitely have said that to each other where he's like, you're really crazy. <laughs> yep. And she's been able to convince him of other things like with plans like right. um, in earlier episodes like, well, what if you did this and what if you did that? And it's like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. you like you have some good ideas. Um, And also I feel like, you know, they weren't fully really talking about the tree like – Right. As well, you know, because she's like, do you not care? Do you not give a damn? Like, yeah. um, You know, there's always something you can do if you want to do it. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. So I felt like that's mostly what it was. And, you know, because she's like, you can always do something. You just don't want to. Yeah. Um, So, you know, and but and she also knows how to get to his pride because she's like, (laughs) yeah, well, and if you're supposed to be this great architect and you can't figure out a workaround for one tree, then clearly your talent only goes so far. Yeah. And then what do you know? We're back at the office and the plans are being revised (laughs) to keep the tree. So she got to him. So, you know, I think the point was exactly that. Like she can still challenge him and push him and make him better, Mm -hmm. make him want to be a better person. Um, and yeah, so I, that was more the point, I believe, okay. than anything else. That makes um, sense. But yeah, again, it did feel a tiny bit out of left field. Um, because yeah, like she could have taken FA with her and they could have teamed up against him, like, right. and all of that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially because he's the landscape architect, so he would probably even have more specific knowledge to this particular issue than Sarkon would. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So anyhow, so um then Ifair does call Edda and tries to make small talk, but you I know, Ed- I don Yes, that's correct. I Don. I don't know why I wrote Ifair. Um it's, I'm always like, okay, which one is it? I don't know. I yeah, which moon woman is this? Yeah. So um you know, but Ed does kind of like, yeah, I don't have time for this. So then she mm-hmm. She says maybe. <laughs> Well, like, no, maybe like, I'll come. She doesn't have time for small talk, so she's just kind of like, "Yeah, I'm busy. I'm working." So then she gets down oh, to right. like the crux of why she's calling. Like, well, I just wanted you to know, like, I started therapy, and I'm gonna be, you know. And then she softens. Ed does like, mm-hmm. "Well, good. I'm happy for you." And what can I like? Okay, so what is it that you're calling me for? So she basically explains like that she wants to know if she'll come help her, and they can talk. And um, she's like, "Okay, I'll think about it." And that's enough for Idon. She's happy with that. Um, mm-hmm. That's all I can ask. Right. And then F.A. and Federit chat, right? Yeah, because F.A. is upset that Serkan looked into his background. Mm-hmm. And F.A. knows that Serkan is trying to separate him from the holding, but he kind of just wants him to move on. But it's like, dude, you say that you're patient and you get what mm-hmm. you want, but Serkan is going to do the same exact thing. Yep. So Farid kind of tells F.A. to be careful, but... F.A.'s like, Farid, this isn't the first ugly ugly act of Sarakon against me, and you know it. So he is just kind of determined mm-hmm. to not let Sarakon push him out. He's right. determined to fight back if he needs to. So things are really starting to turn ugly, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the beginning of things not being even um, like – not not cr- 
not courtesy. Like they, they've kind of had courtesy for each other, but mm-hmm. even so, not really. Like Sercon, yeah. FA has been pretty patient with Sercon up until now. And I feel like FA is reaching the end of his rope with how much he's going to put up with from Sercon. Well, and it still also points to the fact that there is an ulterior motive here that we don't know about because yes why are you pushing so hard for this you could strike off on your own in turkey and be just fine your yeah. name speaks for itself your money and capital speaks for itself mm-hmm. so i think this is just further confirmation like there's somebody else pulling these puppet strings or you wouldn't be so adamant about this right because again why this holding mm-hmm. and also why does he have to work with ada when she doesn't even have her degree mm-hmm. and she is in even all that experienced when it really comes down to it. Yet he's paying her the salary of someone who is. Yep. And Mm -hmm. he's fixated. He's fixated on her and he doesn't like that Sarkhan is looking into his background. Yep. So there's obviously more going on. Yeah. Yep. So after the uh, Duran and Edda chat that we already talked about, um, Edda decides to leave and winds up at the Bullot property. Yeah. And Idon is shocked to see her because last she had just talked to her a little bit ago. It was like she was just going to think about it. So right. she, of course, is like, welcome, welcome. You know, can thank you for coming. And um, when they sit down, she points out, just like she did to Sercon, that she's still wearing her ring as well. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, I just took your advice. And, you know, it's reminding me of what your son did to me. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe one day your anger will lessen and you'll be able to take it off. And she's like, not likely. Yeah, she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> so then Idon basically explains to her her therapy, that she's mm-hmm. wanting to try again, that she has wanted to try again for a while, that she even tried with Sercon. Right. But, but it didn't work. Couldn't make it out the gates. Now, I loved that Ada offers to do this for her even before Idon asks. Yeah. She me didn't too. even have to ask. Ada's mm-hmm. like, because you can tell she's trying to work up the courage, the strength, yes, mm-hmm. to actually ask her, and it's not easy for her to ask. And Ada just says, "Would you like to try again with me?" Yeah. So and I love that, too, that she really says, sweet. "This time with your eyes open." Mm-hmm. Like I love that. So yeah, um, you know, she's like, "Okay, then I'll come back tomorrow." She says, "But on one condition, <laughs> I'm going to basically tell your son everything I think of him." And you're not going to give me any grief over it. <laughs> and before Idon can even agree or disagree, she's like, okay, cool. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and then she turns around and is like, remember, you promised. Like, <laughs> so. And Idon's like, oh, yeah, promise. Okay, oh, cool. Oh. But then she's just really excited, which I yeah. thought was sweet. Yes. So, um, she, poor Eda, she goes to her car and Sarkon has just driven up. And so they have an encounter mm-hmm. and um he's like Ada, what are you doing here why aren't and she's like why aren't you at work <laughs> which i love she's like come on that's probably why she went when she did right because she was thinking well at least sarkhan won't be there and mm-hmm. i can go and talk to Ada or idan by myself yep so she's like why aren't you at work he's like i left early uh what are you doing here and she's like your mom invited me and Oh, what? What he oh, says cause, next? Because he asks if she offended her. Mm-hmm. I know, and <laughs> it does like not as much as her son. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of say they don't even say goodbye. She just right. walks away, yep. and then he walks in. But she realizes 
that she left her keys on the table back where she was sitting with Aidan. Mm-hmm. And poor thing, she's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. You can see the defeat on her face that she oh. has to go back. But I she know, tried- after a mic drop moment like that, and now she has to turn around and be like, "Seriously, hi, I'm back, I need my keys. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, forgot my keys. <laughs> but she walks up as Serkan walks up to his mom, and he is not happy that she has been talking to Edda. Well, and he doesn't even give her a chance to explain why she called Edda. No, he doesn't. Because you know he would be on he would be like, okay, I'll just make sure I'm not here so that I don't hurt her and offend her. Like you know he'd be all for his mom. Yes. Doing that. And he but he basically is just like, I don't care. You shouldn't be talking to her. Like Yep. <sighs> and she's like, well, maybe if she knew the reason behind your breakup everything wouldn't be this tense. And he's like, it doesn't matter because we already broke up. So please don't make things even more complicated. And we see that Edda has heard this and that's how the episode ends. So I love that she at least, because she finally gave up on the whole, there must be a reason. So I love that she was given confirmation that there was. Yes. So let's talk about the fragments. The first one is all hilarious, funny, pregnancy Everyone's going crazy thinking there must be a baby coming. Yeah. Um, and even Serkan, because like Ingen's like, I'm going to be an uncle and like pinches his <laughs> cheeks and all this stuff. Like it's really funny. But the second fragment that came out yesterday um, is much more emotional, much more serious. And it's basically, I think, Edda realizing there's a reason. And so she's purposely – This is what I think based on the fragment, that she's purposely putting herself in his path, that they have to work together, all this stuff, like, uh, you know, even outside work hours, because I think she's trying to weaken his resolve to prove, like, you have feelings for me and you love me still, because she overheard that there was a, quote, reason. And um, so because, you know, he makes a comment at one point, like, Edda, like, we keep having to spend all this time together. Don't you think it's just going to start? It's just going to start a cycle of repetition. And she's like, he's like, she's like, okay, and? And he's like, aren't you afraid of that? And she's like, are you? Like, hmm. so, you know, I, my theory is that she is purposely putting them in situations together more because I think now that she knows there's a reason, even if she doesn't know what it is yet, mm-hmm. that she's going to just prove that, like, he's affected by her, that it's not yeah. just, like, someone he was able to just throw out of his life because of work supposedly right so um but it's being done in a much more like emotional and dramatic sense at least on the fragment and and it's episode 17 and our girl's putting on a blue dress and i was like okay something with aisha and these episode 17 blue dresses obviously different situations um because john didn't buy sonem that blue dress even though sonem was operating under the assumption that yeah, john can, did buy it for her can i please request a very unsimilar ending yes, yes you okay, may please Here, because here's because- what i'm thinking <laughs> it's already different because um it's already different because it's a dress that sarkon bought her versus okay a dress okay. that that she's assuming Sercon sent and right. bought her right so already the dress isn't from fa so we're on a different path there i'm too traumatized from that episode and, I, ca- I can't and it cannot if it oh my gosh listen part of riot. me part of me thinks too that because episode 17 was aisha's last one because of all the uproar people were having over her writing which mm-hmm. whatever we won't get into that but yeah um 
uh, I sort of think that she's not going to make it end that same way because, like, this is a Hallmark episode for her because she's going to make it past episode 17 and yes. she did not with EK. Yeah. So I think in that sense, it's already going to end differently. Mm. Um, and because I'm pretty – so here's what I think. I think, or I should say I hope – that Idon or Alptekin, but hopefully Alptekin, because this is his freaking responsibility, mm-hmm. tells her, finally, mm-hmm. because maybe he sees that she's prodding around, maybe he sees whatever, and he finally breaks and confesses to her. Yeah. And I think that, yes, it's a shock and she's going to need to process this, mm-hmm. but I think it makes everything click into place for her. And she goes to the office, because I'm pretty sure this is the final scene of the episode. It's also the final scene of this fragment. She walks up to Serkan, who's very emotional, and if you look closely enough, has a tear running down the side of his face when she holds his face mm-hmm. and says, Serkan, there's something. And, like, there's something, isn't there? Hmm. So I think that at this point she knows, but she's giving him a chance to tell her so that then she can say, this isn't your fault. Yes, this is something that's big and huge and something I'm not easily going to get over when it comes to your dad. But this isn't your fault and this isn't how it had to go. And you didn't have to take all of this on yourself. I'm um, fully on board with that. Now, the more the more likely scenario is she's just been hunting like a dog this entire episode and is right. finally at her wit's end and is right. just – Opening her soul up to him and Mm -hmm. begging him to tell her whatever it is because she knows that there's something. That's probably the more likely route. And if that's the case, that's fine too. Just please let him spit it out this episode and don't end it on her just asking. Let him say, yes, there is. And And then then, the episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then he can even say something like, you know, um, it's – it's my fault your parents are gone or, you know, right. it's my, you know, I know, like, my family's responsible for your parents' death. And then that even ends there as a shock. Like, it doesn't even have to be fully explained this episode. Yeah. Or, just, or she says there's something and he s- explains and then she kisses him and then that's the end of the episode. Yes, which I'd that's be down what for. I'm, that's what I'm going to wish Yes. For, is that it ends with a kiss. Yes. Instead of somebody running out of their own birthday party and having the worst encounter. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. For the this love. is a new show. Please <laughs> do not. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, but also, I'm very curious what would have happened in episode 18 had Aisha continued to write it. Like, what would have been the next thing to I happen? Know. So, I know. anyways, at least this time we'll find out. If this yes. episode 17 doesn't have the best ending, at least we know we're going to know what her plan is in episode mm-hmm. 18. So, yeah. Um, yeah, those are all my theories. I will throw out there too. People were saying, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, Sirius is finally back. Um mm. Because he's been missing the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's all this lore and mythology associated with the appearance and disappearance of Sirius. Oh, interesting. Um, having to do with a goddess being pregnant when he's absent. So, of course, then that fed the theories of people saying Edda's pregnant because they're like, well, Sirius has been gone and now he's reappeared. And um, But, honestly, I think those are all just false flags. Um, but I just wanted to throw those out there because hmm. – uh, they were very good. So, 
Um, anyhow, yeah, look at us still talking way longer than in the actual episode itself is. I swear we don't even oh, do this well. on purpose. We yeah. don't. It just it, this is just what happens. But um, anyhow, so yeah, that's. All of our thoughts and feels and hopes and dreams in regards to volume 16 and what's waiting for us in 17. So um, I I really hope that I'll be able to do the live watch with you guys this week because this really is not an episode that I want to miss live. Like I'm super, super excited for it. Um, but uh, we now have family coming into town, so I don't know how that's going to work out. So I may or may not be around virtually online with you guys, um, on Wednesday, but hopefully I am. If not, I'm still very excited for whenever I, you know, do get to watch it and, uh, break down all the craziness that I'm sure we're going to see, um, happen. So, um, just quick reminders, you can find all of our social medias and websites in the episode notes. And I know we talked a little bit last week about, um, our uh, partnership with North America 10, we will have uh, where you can find them also in the episode notes, their website, which will then lead you to all their different social medias because they've got little spring off groups. Like if there's an actor in particular that you like super duper love, um, they have individual ones for like uh, Ebo and Kavanch and um, uh, how do you say his name? Ke- the guy from uh, the guy from. Is it Ch- Ch- Chatare? Maybe. I- Mm-hmm. I you know exactly, but you know exactly who I'm talking about. Well, and the order of the letters always escapes me. Mm-hmm. But yes, I know from from Protector, right? Yes, from the Protector. Yes. So um, yeah, so check all that out. All those resources uh, we have dropped below for you guys. And um, I think other than that, we are good, and we'll be back next week. Of course, breaking down exactly how wrong we were based on our fragment predictions for the next episode. So. <laughs> Until next time. Good as shit is. Host to call.